I'ma say what I feel And I promise to keep it real Welcome to the Red Room Well, you gotta be a rider Till your fears are diminishing The doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind And the business got me stressed In the rent room We let that shit up off our chest Never have to guess When you're listening to Hilliard He gon' bring more game Than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap of screenwriting It's exciting when you turn an outline Into something enlightening Your pen and words Are like bullets in a gun Write what you feel Say what you want Welcome to the rent room Hey listeners Before we dive into this week's podcast, I wanted to let you know this is an independent podcast and we're doing this podcast all on our own so we can deliver the content and get the guests that we know will help you with your creative journey. And that means we don't have the financial backing or the marketing and promotional tools that Wondery or iHeartRadio or Gimlet might assist us with. Now, we want to continue giving you game from the Hollywood trenches, so we ask that you help us out. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that review button. Definitely hit that review button and download these episodes. Post links on your social media. Tell everyone you know and support our Patreon for only $1 a month. Find the link at screenwritersrr.com or patreon.com forward slash screenwriters rant room. And if you already are a subscriber, we love you. No, we really do. And we appreciate you listening. So let's get on with the show. What's up, y'all? It's your boy, Hilliard Guest, and you guys are listening to the Screenwriters Rant Room. We keep it real. We keep it opinionated. We keep it what, everybody? 2023. Yeah. On this show, we discuss entertainment, TV, film, music, culture, but our focus is always screenwriting, stories, craft, and shit like that. Little disclaimer, Chris Derrick is out today, but we got a dope show for y'all. So if you guys are grown, let's go ahead and get to the show. So today, we got my man Chris Moore in the building. Yes, sir. More scripts. How y'all doing? <laughs> Out there, all on the line, interviewing folks. He didn't interview me, though. See what I'm talking about? See what I'm talking about? <laughs> I'll be out there. He'd be, hey, hell, and he keeps going. <laughs> I don't get no camera in front of me. Mm. I don't get no interviews. Mm. You know what I'm saying? He's like, fuck hell. I don't care nothing about no hell. Oh, Fine. Stop oh, stop <laughs> it. That's hilarious. <laughs> then we got my man... <laughs> <laughs> it's gonna be one of them days because this is I what you it. get. I love it. I'm, on, I'm in the hot seat. Coming here all late and stuff on black time. Look at him. All I'm, at the club I'm last guilty. night. All I'm, at the club. I'm guilty. <laughs> we got Jerry Jerome hey, in the hey, building. Hey. What's, What's up? What's up, y'all? What's up, y'all? Jerry Jerome. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Two fans of the show, man. Yes, um, um, I just want to tell you guys something really quick. I was starting to tell Jerry offline. Um, that uh, I appreciate both of you guys, by the way. Not, number one, all the shit you're doing out there on the line, you know, really, really keeping it down for us. And I like you almost started your own little fucking podcast out there doing it. I was like, hey, but it's a different side of it, though. You know what I mean? It's a different mm-hmm. perspective because mm-hmm. you you interviewing us and them. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. It ain't just like white folks interviewing white folks with a mm-hmm. lot of that shit happened. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I said it. <laughs> um, <laughs> and so, um, but one of the things I appreciate about both of you guys, I was telling Jerry, one of the things I love about him in particular, every time he comes around and you have the same spirit, I don't need to ask you to do shit. Mm. You you guys are literally the type of guys, you've heard me say on the show, mm-hmm. if I drop it, pick it up. And I don't mm-hmm. mean that as like a, oh, you're like slave type of, I just mean help, right. help me. Right. right. You know what I mean? Be that type of person. Right. And and both of you guys have that spirit and I thank appreciate you. you. So I just wanted to say that online. Thank so, you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Yes, now where my $10 at? Um, <laughs> the way my account is set up. 
that checklist. <laughs> in the words of Kevin Hart. Exactly. No, this has been a good experience, man. I would definitely say for me, uh, the writer strike has been a blessing in disguise. Mm-hmm. Meaning, like, it's for the first time I'm able to meet people that otherwise I would have to wait until you know a mixer every mm-hmm. last right. Thursday of the month, mm-hmm. or um, you know have to find my way in a very informal way to have a formal conversation mm-hmm. you know right what i mean so this is something that we all have in common this right. is our future right and i love the domino effect that this writer strike has had on other unions mm-hmm. like i right. woke up today and i saw like the uh the what is it hotel str- hotel workers are going on strike mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. in socal and i'm like so did the writer strike start all this because i feel like it did i think it might have inspired Wow, look at the energy of that. Exactly. We should definitely, because some of them hotel tell people were out there from what I heard. Oh, yeah. You know what I mean? So I think, yeah. 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 Fucking, yeah. So this has been like a full 360. If anybody has We don't a die, problem, we multiply. That's all. <laughs> literally. Literally. So um, <clears throat> this this has just been, like I said, just a blessing in disguise, man. I'm, I'm still looking for my first staff writer job, mm-hmm. but I feel like creating these opportunities by showing up is first and foremost, right? And mm-hmm. then, Jerry, you've been doing some cool stuff out there with the photos, you yes, know, sir. taking a lot of BTS behind mm-hmm. the scenes stuff. Yeah. And uh, what made you decide to start doing that? What was, where did that come from? Just as a writer, <clears throat> uh, well, first off, I want to say thank you, Hill. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Chris and I are very uh, appreciative of Elio allowing us to be up on here with this on this show. It's, yes, a, it's a great platform for um, other writers to be able they to They donate to the tip job. That's And, you know, I appreciate your show. I appreciate what you and Chris are doing. It's been it's been years of good work you guys have been put in, and it's it's appreciated by a lot of people out there in the community. So thank you. Absolutely. Eight, I think I'm dropping tomorrow. Yeesh. Something like that. Yeah, that's, man. That's a, that's, that's a lot of free game out there, y'all. A lot of free game. A lot of good writers, um, managers, producers coming in on the show. So if you get a chance to check the back catalog, do so. If you get a chance to support on Patreon, go ahead and do that too. Um, you know, well, Jerry trying to get on the show. Okay. <laughs> okay. Right, shameless right. plug. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but you know, I mean, we, we got we got to feed into community, man. Yeah, yeah. And um, I think going back to your original question. Um, it's a chance to be able to just take part in a legacy, right? right? Um, we're on a line that um, at some of these studios that you know some Hollywood luminaries have been walking down on, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Um, you, could, you could be on the same street that Jerry Lewis is walking down Crazy. on, right? Mm-hmm. Or um, or Bill Goldman, right? right? You're talking about you know Butch Cassidy, Sundance Kid mm-hmm. stuff, and they're all on the same line you're on for the same rights you're fighting for to make sure that this this industry continues on and makes space for people in all these different categories, right? Iotsi, um, the Teamsters writers directors even you know you got our issues but we're all trying to make sure that we work together collaboratively yeah. to make sure that this industry continues on mm-hmm. right um I've, I've been i told you offline i'm a teacher for 17 years right. i've had a, the pleasure of teaching um inner city la kids film <coughs> and film classes you know right. i was able to do that for a couple of years and i know some of my students want to go off and write direct star produce mm-hmm. and to make sure that we're doing something that other people can pick up after us right. right because you know i, I want to have it when i'm 60 years old i have somebody knock on my door hey jerry here's a job with a contract all you gotta Ooh. do is sit down and give you a couple of ideas i'll take care <laughs> of you make sure your benefits are up you yeah. kick into retirement that's what i want right you, you'd be surprised though i think about it a lot and not to interrupt you mm-hmm. but i think about this a lot in the context of how many people that i help and how many people that don't help me mm-hmm. but what i realize is this is that's why i'm glad we're having this conversation what i realize is this is 
you can't force nobody to do nothing. Mm-mm. But you also, if you don't ask, ain't nobody going to give you nothing right. either. Right? right. And that's the thing that when I changed my career and started getting more network is when I started asking. Mm. But if I'd just be sitting in a room with, you know, some big showrunner and they're staffing and I don't say nothing, make, that's your fault. Yeah. Mm. <laughs> you know what yeah. I'm saying? Yeah, closed mouths don't get fed, right? Exactly, exactly, right. exactly. Were you going to say something? Yeah, no, speaking to that point, it's just like being in the room is the most important thing and then knowing how to approach with the ask. Right. I've learned that from Gino and other people that mm-hmm. I've been shadowing. Shout around. out to Gino. Yeah, shout out to Artistic mm-hmm. Standard. I mean, mm-hmm. that was a place where I was able to Miles over there. Oh yeah. You know, <laughs> and find my way of like how to speak to people, how to not just always come off like on a homeboy tip, right. but like really professionally ask something and make sure when you ask it you're able to follow through mm-hmm. right so if i'm able to say um that i want to show up to any event mm-hmm. make sure that you're there on time a yeah. lot today um <laughs> <laughs> see how they do the brothers you know what i mean but no seriously because like all of that matters like cause this good, could be a, a walking interview right right like i'm right. learning how this town works like when okay i'll, I'll say this because i learned this from uh, what was this? The screenwriter's rant at Dancing with Films mm-hmm. Film Festival. Charles Murray said it best mm. when he was like, Hollywood is literally everybody in this room. And it really gave yeah. me a different understanding Facts. of yeah. this thing called Hollywood. Facts. Right? So it's, if it's everybody in this room, then it's based on everybody's relationship to each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So how we hang out, how we interact, how I do my ask, how I show up on time, all of these things create this vision in my mind called Hollywood Mm -hmm. right so I think that was the thing that made me understand relationships and the value of them way more than I ever did from Atlanta Georgia right right? watching Hollywood from afar when you're in the mix and you're trying to quote unquote be seen know how to be seen Mm -hmm. you know what I mean know how to ask for hey can you take a look at my script don't always come off with that in your first introduction, right? right. Like when right. I first you'd be surprised met, how many people do though. You'd be surprised. They just shoot themselves in the foot every time. So yeah. it's just like if I don't know you, like mm-hmm. why would I want to hear a pitch? Like mm-hmm. it's more about selling yourself as a person. Then the creativity comes. Right. You know, what I mean, as as a as a plus, really, because right. we can all collaborate later. Um, so that's been something I've learned about your ask and how you approach people. Mm-hmm. Make sure that you do it with sincerity and with execution intact. And, and it's not that – see, people always misconstrue what we mean about, like, if you meet somebody and you don't want to be like, oh, you know, staff me on your show. Here's the – the only time I think it's okay is when you actually are right for it. Mm-hmm. Like, you might meet somebody on a panel mm-hmm. and you hear that they're – they might say, yeah, I'm currently staffing such and such and such a show. Mm-hmm. If you come with the plea that really makes sense – like they're staffing a show about, let's say they're doing Power 17. Okay. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right, right. You grew up in a certain neighborhood with blah, 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 blah. You right. might be like, yo, dude, love the show, right. et cetera, et cetera. You know what I mean? I heard you guys are doing, you, you said you guys are staffing blah, blah, blah. Dude, my uncle was just like such and such. Right, right. You give them a, something to mm-hmm. let them know that you have more stories. Mm-hmm. You might register in their head so when they're starting to staff, they're going, there was somebody who told me their uncle was mm-hmm. exactly like Ghost. Value. Mm-hmm. Added, right? you, know what you know what I mean? Yeah. Whatever, mm-hmm. but that's your superpower, and that's the way that you come in right. for if you need to give it to them now. Right. right. But if you just like, hey, will you read my script? You fucking up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> for sure. mm-hmm. Go ahead, Joy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, I would. I would definitely second that. I would definitely second that. You want to build, make sure you put yourself in a position where you're bringing something to the table because you're trying to not to it's a moving train right right if you just put extra weight on the train it's gonna go a little slower yeah. <laughs> you want to be able to put some fuel to it so it can all move you know all the cars going the same direction hopefully you at a faster speed right right, right. yeah 
And I think um, even even with the approach that I'm talking about, I still wouldn't be saying you need to read me. I would be saying a version of that's the type of show I would love to write on. Mm. You see what I'm saying? I'm right. not saying read me. Right. I'm 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 telling you how great I'd be on a show like that mm-hmm. for you to say, oh well, you know what? The, send me something. Right. Yeah. Exactly. You see, you got to change the mm-hmm. way you say something. It takes the pressure off the person who has to read it. Mm-hmm. Now I've asked you. Right. As opposed to the reverse of you hitting me with all the stuff. I'm going, man, I got to read this dude. Mm-hmm. I'm going to give him four pages and see. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. As opposed to now I'm curious about you. Right. Curiosity is my favorite word, by the way. Mm-hmm. Now I'm curious about you. Now I'm going to take the time mm-hmm. to want to read you. Mm-hmm. Yep. So all I did was spark interest in your brain by telling you how much I love your work and how there's something in the character or the story or whatever that I relate to. Right. You know what I mean? And how that would be a dope show that I would love to work on. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? As opposed to, dude, you need to hire me. Yeah. Which right. I have done, but the shit worked because I, I said, you need to hire me because. Right. And it was somebody I knew, so it wasn't like a new thing. So right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <clears throat> now, we're definitely in the age of like... Um, Everything is my new show, or everything is my new favorite, and it's right. like, how genuine is that really? Your favorite show, mm-hmm. like you mm-hmm. just started watching it because uh, your favorite director directed it, saw or the pilot, and that's it, right? Like, right. did you see season <clears throat> two, three? Right. Like, you know, it takes a little bit more uh, commitment, and in this generation, some people lack commitment because mm-hmm. they just want to show up to get the job mm-hmm. and to say that they're on set. So just taking photos, ain't doing nothing. Not doing a damn thing. <laughs> mm-hmm. And um, yeah, in, in order to avoid that, just stay committed to the craft. Um, stay committed to the the platform that you want to be a part of. Know right. your audience, right? Read the room, type of thing. Um, and and that's to me the the thing that kind of supersedes even your talent. If you're able to just be knowledgeable and mm-hmm. in the room, then maybe you don't know how season the season will finish or whatever show you're watching will finish but because you're hip to the world the artists the people who created it right stuff like that that's how you can kind of bs your way mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. through certain conversations mm-hmm. um if you're not completely polished and that goes back to hollywood <laughs> being about relationships so Thanks. like for me being from atlanta georgia just a little backstory i was um, about to ask you tell me a little bit about you yeah so my backstory okay that's is, enough um <laughs> <laughs> yeah so i i, I was born Son of Byfit. Uh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> so, backstory is from Atlanta, Georgia. Um, originally graduated from Savannah College of Art and Design, mm-hmm. SCAD for short, uh, with a TV producing degree. And when you have that type of artistic uh, background, it mm-hmm. gives you an appreciation for the arts. However, it's just theory. Mm-hmm. Now, I was one of like three people out of 60 in my class that went and shot something. Okay. Mm-hmm. So that's what kind of gave me a little bit of a, hey, Chris, you could probably go do this a little mm-hmm. bit better at a higher level for my <laughs> professors and so on and so forth. Um, but before that, I was in music and rapping and, you know, doing... Oh, he got bars. Yeah. Uh-huh. He, bars. You don't know we're going to have to get him at the end. Yeah. we got to give us a little bit now. <laughs> it's it's <laughs> hidden in there. It's hidden in there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I play also electric guitar. So. Oh, okay. nice. And then before that was poetry when I was in high school. Okay. So when I take back steps, I was thinking about it this morning. Mm-hmm. Like, I've been a part of creative writing since I was like 15. Nice. Okay. Right? So okay. now I just happen to A year or two. That's nice. About four years, not joking. Uh, about, yeah, he a vampire. Like <laughs> about about fifteen years, and it's been okay. a fun journey. Like literally, like when I think about my life, I'm like, man, I've always been addicted to the, this pen and paper mm. feel. Mm-hmm. Um, and now I just tell stories with you know cameras and 
different types of uh, people helping collaboration mm-hmm. not just me doing it uh-huh. and that takes the pressure off right right when mm-hmm. you're not just the rapper on stage and right. having to serve bars now i can kind of sit and let other people facilitate these bars mm-hmm. right and that's just a totally different feeling mm-hmm. very rewarding as well so the thing that i've always held on to is when i was in college and i shot a short film the feeling of showing it in front of my peers right. and everybody saying like oh man that's nice that's nice that's nice it's good getting that verbal mm-hmm. adulation mm-hmm. i've been chasing that ever since mm-hmm. we since all are like 2014 2015 now let me ask you and before i get to you jerry let me ask you a quick question mm-hmm. who's your nemesis Ooh, my nemesis now let me be clear on what i mean okay. if you guys haven't heard me talk about this before who is that person? I make a joke and say, place a thing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> who is that person that you were trying to prove? Mm-hmm. Who is like, you know, that ain't no real job trying to be you no know, producer. You know what I mean? Wow. That person who's like, what you got that camera for? Ain't nobody, you ain't gonna sell nothing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? To yeah. you, Jerry, right? right? Who mm-hmm. is that person, for example, like, it could even be that bully in high school, that bully in middle school, whatever, you know, that teacher who was like, you know, black people don't really sell nothing. Black people mm. don't really, you know, whatever the thing is, who is that person? What I mean is, who's the person who keeps you going every day mm-hmm. that makes you get up in the morning, write, film, whatever it is you do, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? There's somebody, mm-hmm. I have a list of 30 people. Wow. Yeah. 30? That's being realistic to the truth. Wow. Yeah. Okay. That's a very good question. I'm going to sound very cliche right now and say the man in the mirror. Because fortunately for me, I've had nothing but support. Mm -hmm. My mom has given me nothing but like, hey, this is you want to do it? Spoiled. (coughs) Only child. You're right. I'm spoiled. Right. Um, She was always supportive. Um, I've always had like girlfriends to Mm -hmm. show up on set and help. Okay. Um, I, even okay, so I'll take it back a, a little bit further. So in eleventh grade, no, eighth grade, mm-hmm. eighth grade language arts. One of my teachers, Miss Ali, wherever you are in the world, I appreciate you, Shout guys. You're amazing, Shout right? Out she Ms. was Ali. literally able to tell me that you're going to hear about Chris one day in the paper somewhere mm. because I wrote something and <clears throat> however, and also I was also like a class clown. So I was, I was like writing and doing good grades, but I was also goofing off. Yeah. So like she was able to be like, you guys think that like he's just a class clown or whatever, but he actually knows his stuff. Like while you guys aren't turning in your work, he's turned on, he's turning in his work and it's actually good. Mm. So she gave that critique to my mom as well. And ever since then, my mom was like, well, you're a writer, so I'm going to facilitate your writing. So when I think about all of my experiences in creative writing, I've had nothing but support. Mm. If I say who's my biggest nemesis, it's probably just me getting off my ass, getting out of my head and being more of who I am at its highest potential. Okay, then let me just tag team off the tag team. Let me <laughs> let me let me tag off of this part of it Go though. For it. Here's the part I heard though that made me bring up the nemesis part. Love it. Was you shot the film and then everybody was like, "Yo, that shit was dope." Right. And then you were chasing that feeling. Mm. So that feeling is almost your nemesis. Mm. You are still, it's the drug. Mm -hmm. It's the thing you're still trying to get. It's the admiration. It's the, that feeling of, wow, dude, everybody was like, you could go to LA and do this. You know what I mean? You're still searching for that. You're still trying to get that. That's what makes you get up in the morning every day. Absolutely. You feel me? Absolutely. What about you, Jerry? My nemesis is, I'm going to steal from Chris, Mm -hmm. is that, that feeling in the back of your head when you're writing 
and it's that fifth, sixth draft, and it's like, is this something I should seriously be doing as an adult? Mm. Like, I'm, I'm imagining making a world in my head, these pillars in the cloud, so I'll try to put them on paper, and it's like, oh, I gotta trust that someone's gonna be willing to pay me for this. Right. Well, I got two kids to feed, <laughs> I, got, I got a house note, my wife, I don't want my wife looking at me funny, like, what are you doing? <laughs> you should be out there with a real job. So that that's the biggest um, nemesis I have. I mean, even as a kid, um, my best friend and I were like, Growing up in South Central LA, you know this is during the nineties. You know it wasn't as bumpy. He's out there who banging. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's our killer game. Killer. We grew up. We we grew up. All the kids in my group for school. We grew up off Crenshaw sixties. We went right. to St. John's. Like mm. like that's the hood. Yeah. Like, we were we were like a generation before Nipsey. Nice. Right. I don't know him, but I'm just saying, you know, yeah, you, you, I'm sure you know some of his cousins. Oh, yeah, yeah. Because, yeah. yeah. you know, it's the whole sure. neighborhood. Everybody, yeah. everybody from St. John's knows mm-hmm. everybody from oh, in that neighborhood. Right. Mm-hmm. So at that point in time, we're like, man, you know, what happens when we're 18? You know, hope our parents still like us because, you know, we're going to try to fight, figure out something. And like his father was a cop. You're like, mm-hmm. you know, if we can get shot at, we get grown up. I'll look at pay for it. I'll mm. look at LAPD. We're like, right. we made that decision on our own, like third grade. Like, It'll be cops when we grow up. But then, <laughs> wait. So some people do like cops living in the hood. <laughs> hey, you know what? True, I, I'll, I'll say, I'll funny. say this. You know, <laughs> you know, with, with somebody coming around. Anyway, anyway. Um, but I had to ask my mom for permission to be a writer when I was a kid. Mm. Like, can I do this? Is right. this something I could actually do? Because you, you don't really, when you're growing up in the hood, you don't see a shingle out there saying, writers want it, you know, 42-page script, come in tight, you know, probably <laughs> exactly. formatted. We got a job for it. You don't see that, right? Yeah. So it was something that I knew, you know, was available. But even being is this less before the internet, are this you, before, oh are you yeah, that old? oh yes, I am, I am, I am that, I am that aged, right? <laughs> but it was even though you're only like less than ten miles away from you know the center of entertainment in the mm. world, it still feels like it's a world and a half away, right? Yeah. right? So that was my biggest um, wall that I had to climb over, mm-hmm. and I, I'm still, I'm still traversing that even mm-hmm. now to sure. say, can I dedicate myself to this, mm. and almost as a item of article of faith to say I'm gonna believe in what I can do right. and that there's gonna be a, there's gonna be some success at the end of this. It may not be this rich big house, but it might but I'm hoping that it will be I know I'll put my best into this work and it reflects my intention. Yeah. Sure. Right. That's fine. Yeah. And and that's a that's a reality. I'm actually glad you've figure that out but that's maturity too mm-hmm. you know you get to your 40s you, you start to settle you start to realize okay i don't really need a mansion right but i love it because sometimes you get to a place where like coming up in your 20s when i'm gonna have a mansion i'm yeah. gonna do this yeah i'm gonna do that you get to your 30s you're like i want i would love to have the money of a mansion <laughs> <laughs> Right, and then you get uh, to your forties, and you're like, uh, I don't need a mansion, but I like a big house with right. the, the right car, mm-hmm. and I want to have the money of the mansion. And yes, that, and, but you know what I mean? And, and to, yeah. to your point, that's kind of what the strike's about, too, yeah. right? We want to have it where we can. We want to make sure that we can do something that's sustainable, yes. even yes. for us as, as individual writers. You don't want to have it where you're dedicating yourself to a show, twenty-two episodes, ten episodes, whatever, and then after that, you have to go, you know. I did it for a while as a teacher. Right. You had to drive for Lyft, right? You don't mm-hmm. have to do a second job to mm-hmm. still live in the city. Yes. Because if you're doing that, you can't tell me you can do that and it won't take away from the show. You can't tell me you can do that and it won't take away from the script you're going to write for this right. feature. It, right. it, it, it's, you need to be able to have a 
profession that treats us as professionals, Fact. not not as gig workers. Yeah. It's gonna because if you do it that way, it's going to make the show suffer. Don't kill the goose that's laying the golden eggs, people. Perfect. We want to be able to help this industry. That's what we're doing this for. It's but not striking because we want to do a marathon or try to get steps in. We want to make sure we're, this works. we're talking about a tech world and Wall Street, and they're built on disruption. Yes, mm. that's how they succeed. Right. Is how can we change the game? Right. How can we get rid of cars and bring in electric cars? How right. can mm-hmm. we? You know what I mean? That's their whole thing. There is how can we bring in AI and get rid of the writers? Yes. How can we? And you think about when we only have. If, if a series costs $10 million an episode and we only need, I forget what the number was, 4.5% or whatever, it was 4.59, it was some, something, it was below a percent Wow. Mm-hmm. To, uh, uh, to pay the writers, and we're the first one they take money out of? Right. Clearly, right. there's a plan here. Yes. Mm-hmm. And uh, Mark Blutman, and you guys have probably seen Mark, Mark said something I thought was interesting. He's like, we should be mad at our agents and lawyers and and managers like they didn't catch this right Mm. they didn't catch that they were making these mini rooms and plan they were already this was a test Mm. leading up to this for the last five years Mm. they were testing us going let's let's see if we could do with the mini rooms for this long see what happens you know what i mean Mm. keep weeding them down we're going to go from 22 to 10 to to, to 16 to 18 or whatever you know to 10 to 8 to Mm. 6 to 4 on some that's five thousand cuts bro you know what I'm saying? And, and, and people have the illusions of grandeur that in Hollywood, all of us, just because you're on a show, oh, you must be making 100 grand oh, a no. year. Oh, right, right? right? And it's like, if I only work 10 weeks, right. how much did I make? Right. And I had to get, <laughs> I had a lawyer, I had Boom. a manager, Boom. I had an agent, I had taxes. The man. Yeah. <laughs> you're, you make 50% of that back home. You yes. take 50% of that back home, you might be lucky. 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 Wow. Yeah. And, you're, if you're, and if you're not paying your taxes quarterly, come <laughs> around February like, huh? How, who? Yeah. How, what? For what? For who? For Facts. what? Yeah. <laughs> and, and even if you're lucky yeah. enough to be on the show to write an episode and go to the set and produce it, mm. still, mm. these freaking, because my show was on a... Um, USA, uh, a right? streamer. It was on Sci-Fi. Oh, okay. And then now it's like on Netflix, Europe or some shit. You get a little $32, you know, residual checks you know, or whatever. Mm. Now, you're still happy to see the green envelope. Right. Okay. You know what I mean? Like, I'm still in SAG. People don't know that. Mm. I still get little $12 checks or $0.06 checks. You know what I mean? Right. And you're still happy to see the envelope, period, because you did the work. Right. You know what I mean? And you may, you, you that might be burger money. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? It might be whatever. Oh, I can get some gas. Whatever the thing you need at the time, right. mm-hmm. it comes in and you're like, wow, like this is a real thing. Right. Imagine if this was 15 years ago and this was a network show and you'd be bringing in, oh, this is $12,000. You right. know what I mean? It looks not a lot nicer because they keep reusing it in prime time. Right. right. So you get almost the same amount from the, it, it goes down every time, mm-hmm. but if it's prime, it's always a nice number. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Now, Twelve fucking dollars. Just save them up and then give them to me once again. <laughs> <laughs> just give me a treasure chest. You know what I'm right. saying? Five dollar chest. Right, right. Let me just see it says fifty dollars, and I'll be like, okay, I did good. Uh, right, 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 <laughs> right, right. Be walking up to the store like, how much for one rib? One rib. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, man. And I think that's good lord. <laughs> I, I, Were I'm, you screaming? I heard you screaming. <laughs> 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 no, nah, man, with me, sound like a. <laughs> right. Now, let me ask you guys. What's up? 
So I got you guys on the mic. Oh, I was going to ask you this, Jerry. Mm-hmm. So earlier this year, you hit me up and you went to Austin. Oh, yes, sir. Um, so you had a script in the semis? Yeah, I, had a, I wrote a pilot, a Spirit of 76. It's about mm-hmm. the second time the Republican Party tells Ronald Reagan no. Mm. And um, that was going to be, a, that, was, that is a pilot. It's mm-hmm. out. It's out there. Um, it made I like that. See, they don't expect the brother to write some shit like that. Oh, right, that's good. Yeah, right, it's, right. it's an American story, right? Yeah. You can't tell me I'm not American. Yeah, you, you if you, you call me all the names you want, but you got to call me American too, Look, right? Thanks. Yeah. <clears throat> so um, it's about, like I said, the second time the Republican Party told Ronald Reagan no. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a pilot. Um, I know what it's going to do for the first four seasons. So, uh, so we got a plan for it. Um, got my little deck together, whatnot, mm-hmm. you know, things like that. So that's out there. And um, tell, tell and us about Austin. What Austin was, was fantastic. It was fantastic. It was a chance. I, I was able to talk to you, and you were mm-hmm. kind enough to give me some um, words of advice and encouragement. Um, the one, the most salient point I think you had of all your salient points was to make sure that I was talking to other writers who are also establishing themselves in the industry. Don't just run after all the um, yep. higher-ups who were nice and kind, yep. and they were patient, but it was working with the people at my same level Find that who tribe. are also getting up. Mm-hmm. That's my tribe, right? Yep. Make your writer's group. I made a writer's group coming out of Austin. I made a whole bunch of connections with other writers who I'm encouraging, who also encourage me. Right. Um, when they go into fellowships, I'm like, congratulations, mm-hmm. how'd you do it? And when mm-hmm. I get into a, get into a, a opportunity opening up, they'll say, congratulations, how'd you do it? And we help each other. You know, yep. Iron sharpens iron. Yep. So that community being built up gives us strength so that's one thing i was able to get from austin that is um substantial and i wouldn't trade for anything in the world it, it was a great opportunity to do that and also and you, you have to invest in yourself to go and oh, like yeah. they paid for you to go yeah 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 you got yeah. to you got to but i think that's part of the that's part of the industry i think mm-hmm. i think an early step that all professionals have to do with this is you have to invest in yourself because right. no one else is going to believe in you at first and it takes time to be able to say i'm going to dedicate a year to writing two pilots and my feature or whatever else mm-hmm. that takes time and it's time away from your family from your friends from your loved ones other things yeah. so austin gave me that learning the lay of the land in the city it's just great so mm-hmm. if you if i go again lord willing next year um i'll know exactly what hotels i want to go to for this meeting for that meeting for um hanging out with these guys mm-hmm. going to this event or that event um and being able to Take the we b- talked about what he's gonna wear. Oh we yeah! Oh yeah! That. There, there was that. like he was like here's the dress code. Wow. <laughs> wow. But you know, it, it's, it's I want to say thank I want you him again. to stand out. I don't want mm-hmm. him to just be in there looking like everybody else in their True. jeans and their t-shirt. I'm yeah. like, what kind of t-shirt yeah. are you wearing though? Right. You know what I mean? Like make a mark so people are like me. Mm-hmm. There's that black dude who wears that. Yep. I was. You want to be that dude? I was at the Perfect. pitch. I was mm-hmm. at the pitch, and um, I'm up there before I even say a word. Mark Bernard is like, hey, look at his brother. Look at his Golden Girls T-shirt <laughs> with the punk rock, punk exactly. rock album cover theme, exactly. and he called it out. He was there like, look at he looking sharp. I was like, thank you, Mark. There you go. So, and mm. and, and now when I see Mark, I say, hey, what's up? And he's like, hey, how you doing? He remembers me from Austin. So it's it's part of the whole thing of investing yourself as yes. professional. Wow. It, it's it's we have to know how to be able to present ourselves to let people know they should take us seriously as creatives. Right. And that goes from dress, that goes to um, how you how you do your formatting on your script, mm-hmm. how you present yourself on social media. You yep. can't yep. just be walling out, yep. F this and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Like, wow. Chris. 
<laughs> Guilty. No, I'm joking. But here's, here's what I was going to say, just piggybacking off. So I was doing a podcast yesterday with a couple of black queer writers. Mm-hmm. And we were talking. They kept talking about how nice my office was. <clears throat> and I said, well, speak, piggybacking off what you're talking about. I said, it's actually very intentional. Mm-hmm. I said, here's an example. So I was talking about how, you know, you'll do a Zoom with like a showrunner or an executive, whatever. And I said, depending on the executive or showrunner I'm talking to, I will move the camera in the different spaces. Mm-hmm. So if it's a young, hip thing, I might be behind you so you can see the sneakers. Right. Mm-hmm. If it's a historical thing, I might be behind Ali or, you know, uh, uh, you know Malcolm, Malcolm or one of yeah, these guys. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I'm showing you a little bit about myself. If it's, if it's like a, 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 a white character, I might be, James Dean might be behind me. Right. You know Smart. what I mean? So I'm trying to show you. That's why I was like, think before you guys do this stuff Perfect. don't you it's always selling Perfect. you're always selling yourself yes, in sir. some kind of a way yes, sir. so when you come here my door is usually wide open and i'm open for business mm-hmm. so people walk by mm. this is full of productions and stuff like that right? Yeah, right so i want them to see that the cat who's in here is a brother that is artistic as fuck right you can look around and tell I'm not just your regular brother. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Doctor Who and fucking Walking Dead and Starsky and Hutch. Mm-hmm. I'm clearly an artistic dude, yes, right? right? And so and so I'm selling that to you so that when you walk by and you look up, the first thing you see is what? Mm-hmm. Art. You Art. see what I'm An expression of you. <laughs> right. expression of but, you. But you got to picture yourself. So I literally got up and stood facing that way, mm-hmm. looking in and facing that way, looking mm-hmm. in. Mm-hmm. So I can decide which one is going to pop the most. Mm. Right. It's intentional. Right, right. Yes, sir. You're selling yourself. Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. Right? Every time. Anyway. Now, it's beautiful. It's mm-hmm. beautiful. Um, I think about selling yourself in the sense of like, even in your script, like, as I had, I had this kind of hurdle, should I say, mm-hmm. when I was writing what was hot. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we've all been there, right? Mm-hmm. No. Where you, well, if you <laughs> haven't, let me tell you where it starts. Talk about And then you're like, hey, I want to mimic that. Exactly. And that's not your lane. Right. Or that's not your voice. Like, I had a couple of projects when I first got to L.A. that were very much entourage-esque. Okay. Yeah. Um, which That is, was the hot thing. Right. The hot thing. Yeah. And it's kind of like when you get to this town, everybody wants to write about the town. Right. Even mm-hmm. if it's from an entrepreneurial standpoint or from somebody in Hollywood chasing a dream. Right. And then I was like, but is that my voice? Mm-hmm. No. My voice is now that I understand my voice coming of age stories that have to deal with either the trauma of blah blah like whatever i want to fill in it could be isolation it could be family ties mm-hmm. whatever i grief i'm writing a story right now about grief um but, but it's still, it, a it's still of coming story. of age right okay, it's yeah. not like a procedural right. or a action-packed drama that's coming of age like mm-hmm. all of my things are from real people growing up in a certain demographic mm-hmm. right and how they deal with the obstacles of mental health grief family loss whatever it is that they're nice. trying to ascend to become the better version of themselves that's mm-hmm. dope mm-hmm. um right so but when I first got here, and even my first short film was kind of in that same vein as well. Mm-hmm. Her story shouts out to Gil Bean, Tashima Evans, and everybody else to help me produce that project. Mm-hmm. Um, but yes, like that was a coming of age story about a woman who's in college losing her virginity. Mm-hmm. So, like from that first story all the way up to what I'm writing today is all in that same vein. But going back to writing things for the town, it's hard to do that because. Um, 
there's 15 other people that try to have that same idea or mm-hmm. writing what's hot or ooh like the bear's hot right now so I'm gonna write something in the vein of right. like a restaurant right. show or mm-hmm. if it's Atlanta I'm gonna write something quirky and mm-hmm. obscene like Atlanta called Chicago and it's like <laughs> <laughs> no just write your story and the town will eventually gravitate to who you are right, right? and that was something that I had to figure out as far as in branding yourself um, cause I always, I always looked at <clears throat> branding yourself as like this influencer thing Mm -hmm. and what does it mean to be an influencer as a screenwriter Mm -hmm. and it's like am i like making some shit up because i want to be an influencer right and now you realize everybody can't be lena and isa no seriously and that's the generation that when i got to la was being like greenlit isa lena so on and so forth and it's like something with an on it (laughs) some female (laughs) with a strong voice Mm -hmm. which is great but now I'm looking at black males and I'm trying to find the space for the next generation of those storytellers. Right. And um, you know, it's it's kinda like do we do we stay stuck in our urban tone or do we tell more mystery stories or we do do we tell more coming of age stories? Like where do we lie as young black males? You know what I mean? Because I'm not fifty yet, but I'm not twenty nine. So now I have a different perspective on the world. Like I'm that's the maturity that I'm talking about. Right. Exactly. You keep growing and changing. Your mind frame changes. The things you care about change. And it doesn't mean that you still won't do coming of age stories, but maybe you've changed the point of view a little bit. That's exactly you know what, what I'm mean? getting at. Mm-hmm. Yep. You know, like I was talking to one of the writers the other day, and they were talking about how they do you know, stories about you know, father-son stories or whatever, mm-hmm. and he realized as he's gotten older, it's changed. Mm-hmm. And right. that's it. then what's happened is he's now finally talking to his father. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. So you don't have that same angst. Mm-hmm. So now you have to deal with a different part of what that means to you. You know what I mean? And so that is the growth. It's still telling the father-son story, right. but now maybe it's more love. Yeah. Maybe it's more, you know what I mean? Whatever yeah. the thing you Separation, unification. Factually. Yeah. So the, all those themes, going back to brand identity, like you have to grow with it. You have to mold yourself in it. And really, more importantly, just find out what story and point of view you want to tell. Right. Right. Because there's certain <clears> themes <throat> that are universal that you can tell for the rest of your life, honestly. Yeah. Um, and never have to stray away. Like, OK, one day, one day I'm doing a barbershop show. Next day, I'm doing a sports show. Next day, like. All these different worlds are cool, mm-hmm. but what the fuck is the story? Right. And yeah. I remember being in a, a writer's room and somebody broke it that simple to me. Like, yo, I love your idea, but what's the story? Right. And I kind of had to swallow my pride. Like, I've been telling you the story. <laughs> it's no, about you, this. You said the premise. <laughs> right. I want to know what the story is. Thank exactly. You. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Right. So when you brand yourself, make sure that you're branding your story as well. Like, exactly. if you're going to be um, a person from a certain world or a certain demographic, have some kind of relation to it. Right, like, don't just be an enthusiast about it, yes. mm. um, because there's only so far that that enthusiasm can take you before you need to be in that person's shoes. Right. right. So, I mean, me writing about coming of age stories. I mean, at some point, I'm gonna get older, like you just said, mm-hmm. but then I'll be able to talk about it from a different angle. But, but you right. could be the father of the coming of it. You, you could there be you the, go. you know, whatever. It's all a point of view right. and stuff like that. Like, um, I think the reason why I was blessed to get a lot of writing assignments is. I knew being the underdog person, I I always tell you my underdog story first. Mm. So then I tell you why I want to focus on that character because they're the underdog and here's how I could see it as a movie or as a TV show. You know what I mean? And so that's the the key. Once you can figure out what your, I hate to use the word superpower because people are overdoing it now. But once you know what your strength is, you stay in that lane. And what I found is it doesn't matter what the genre is. 
Mm-hmm. I'm still writing the same thing. Yep. The mm-hmm. only thing that changes is the world. Yep. Right. Now I have to build a world around this underdog character right. who has redemption for whatever the thing that happens. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. It's always a redeeming story about, you know, whatever. Mm-hmm. No matter what it is, it could be a horror movie, it could be a drama in the 1800s, whatever. It's still, you still see the underdog. Yep. You know what I mean? Yep. But that's my power that I've learned how to do. Mm-hmm. It could be a sci-fi. It could be something today. Mm-hmm. Still, you'll still see it. Because that's, somewhere. I've learned that that's what makes me want to get up and write. Mm is coming from that person who's trying to get, mm. that person who's still struggling, drowning in the water. Mm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? The, the, the young misfit who isn't the cool one, mm. but he's actually really cool. Mm. Right. He just, like I said, I'm a cool nerd. Right. <laughs> you mm-hmm. know what I mean? Right, right. Y'all might see me dressing all crazy and wearing my 60 stuff and riding my scooters. The scooter is amazing. But I'm a bad motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> when I first Don't made it, it, it. That's my twist it. This uh, motherfucking scooter, yeah. let's talk about it for it a second. It is nice. It is nice. No, it's signature. It's not yeah. just nice. I have five of them, by the way. That's, that's just the one I ride the oh, most. Okay. Behind you, see the yellow? That's the other one. Exactly. Okay. Oh, yeah, yeah, I'll be playing. Yeah, I saw you see, with a Paramount. That's what I'm saying. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. That's how I know he's here. Uh-huh. I'm just looking for the scooter. <laughs> <laughs> just like, oh, okay, all right, there it is. Exactly, he's around exactly. here somewhere. Right. But that, but that goes back to branding yourself, even right. down to the back of your laptop. Like, yeah. there's some, everything about you speaks to that era of music and right. genre that spoke to you correct you know what i mean i'm pretty sure jeremy or jerry you have the same thing oh yeah, yeah. Uh, when you're like, when you're a teenager you. that makes you who you are gonna be like it's the fr- it's, you, it's your favorite music usually mm-hmm. for me it's reggae and sky music <laughs> you know what i mean that's when i was in my prime Perfect. you know what i mean so still to today i'm still part of that whole thing i still go see fishbone and you know whatever so like mm-hmm. it's it's that's still so me so you know what i mean mm-hmm. so yeah so now so i got you guys both on the mic um, and thank you guys again for being here. I appreciate it. Like I said, thank you. Um, but yeah, I'm going to open this up to you guys. This is, this is, I'm not sitting here saying I'm leaner or anybody, mm-hmm. but I know a lot of shit mm-hmm. and I've done a lot of things. So you guys got me on the mic. If there's like, you guys have been listening, you have questions, for sure. you know, like there's something bothering you about the industry. Like let's, let's talk, open you know, up. let's get it in. All right. Uh, you got a question? Okay. Except for sure. that question. <laughs> <laughs> I would, I would ask now. For everybody who is not repped, okay. how should we go about doing that as of right now in this moment of the strike? Mm-hmm. Should we? I'm hearing that I should do a query letter, <laughs> so I'm writing one up. Yeah. I'm going to do my research as far as to which reps represent writers who are in my same milieu and see if they can, like I sent to them and say, maybe we can, we can connect because we have something in common. Should okay. I be going with it now? Should I write it up? get it tight and just hold off until whenever the strike is over and then send it out or and if if i am sending it out should i try to go with a lawyer a manager or agent first i think you have a better chance with the manager always um and that's year round by the way and mainly it's because um your managers are somebody that you can talk to you can call your manager almost every day if you want your agent, like I might go months and never speak to my agent. Mm. And I'll look down and say, oh, it's his birthday on Facebook. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's literally that type of relationship. Okay. Or unless, you know, something's going on and you're getting a lot of meetings or whatever. And usually your manager and agent are talking. Mm. You really need that. So um, the other thing you could think about is if whether you get a manager or an agent, you could always ask either or to refer you to a manager or an agent. Mm. So once you get one, you could say, hey, 
I really want to go over to UTA or Circle of Confusion or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they'd be like, oh, my friend is such and such. Yeah, I'll, I'll submit you over there. You okay. know what I mean? They know each other. A lot of them do. Mm-hmm. So that's something people don't know. They're still spending all their wheels trying to get into such and such an agency or management company and didn't even ask their own agent or manager to refer them to the agent or manager. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that's one thing. Um, in this climate of where we are right now, so we're in the strike. We're waiting to see what SAG's in, and now we know SAG has extended. <clears throat> so I think it's a good time and it's a bad time. Okay. It's a good time because now they can't say they don't have time to read, mm-hmm. right? Which is what everybody's thinking. It's a bad time because say they like it, then what? Can't do anything. Right. Yeah. Say you're still sitting here for another three months, yeah. mm-hmm. and you're sitting there going, man, I just signed with this agency, and they haven't done anything. No, bitch, they can't do anything. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So you're kind, it's kind of this catch-22, if you will, where you have to make your decision on what you're going to do about this. But what I say is, what is your gut telling you? If your gut's saying, I don't want to be the guy who waits until this is all over, and now they're busy again trying to get their clients work, and they don't have time to read me, that's the risk you risk too. Okay. You know what I mean? So, um, but you could still have, you could develop a relationship with somebody. They like you. You can say, look, I'm a realist. I realize we're in the strike. That could be part of your pitch. Hmm. I realize we're in the strike, but you guys are my, one of my favorite agencies, whatever, you know, lawyer, uh, whoever you'd go to. Um, uh, I like how you represent these type of people. And because of that, I know you would represent me well, whatever you decide you want to say. Um, because every management company or, or agency isn't perfect for you. Mm-hmm. See, we always think, oh, it's UTA or it's whoever, you know, they'd be dope. But like you said, check that roster and see what type of things people are really being staffed on. Right. You know what I mean? Just because they are one of the big, like Gotham is right there. <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay. So there's so many big agencies and managers around, but which one is really right for, for you? you? Think about... The themes that you write for, yes, will they be able to get your meetings on said shows that you want to be on? Yes, mm-hmm. sir. You know what I mean? Like, look and see, for example, say you wanted to write on one of the power shows. Let's just use that as an example. Like, you can go on there and see who the agents and managers are from the writers. Mm-hmm. And be like, oh, okay, they know how to get them there. Mm-hmm. See what I mean? Right. So just to take your time and do your due diligence so that you cross-checked. And you could even say, I noticed you staff such and such on that show right that's the type of show that i want to do it doesn't have to be that show you know what i mean mm-hmm. that's the type of person i'm looking for i want to be doing things like this i want to follow the career of right. charles murray you right. know whatever you know what i mean mm-hmm. and you could use their guys as a, as a guide for yourself yes. you know what i mean mm-hmm. so i hope that answers some of it uh, tremendously okay. thank you <laughs> solid question um my question would personally be as a person that likes to get things done outside of the in trouble. He trying to avoid it. <laughs> you know, I just I just do things my own way. Right? <laughs> I take the uh, entrepreneurial route. Yes, go Because um, I remember in another forum that you were speaking on mm-hmm. that you were like, during this time, independence and being your own boss can better give you leverage when things come back up and running. Look at Gina. Right? Yeah. So it's like all the people around me, we find ways to do something for ourselves mm-hmm. so that we can negotiate at the table. Um, so my question to you would be, <clears throat> would it be in our best interest to continue doing that? And then once we do come back, should we even take our stuff around town or we should, should we focus on the audience that we're guarding, like the eyes first? Like, should we focus on continuing to build the demand 
or should we go and try to show people hey during this time i've acquired this amount of views do you think this is worth putting as a licensing agreement should mm-hmm. we worry about the crowd or should we worry about the next step in hollywood i think um put yourself in isa's point of view right use her as an example right. for you know awkward black girl right. um i think she focused on the show right you know what I mean? You're not in staffing yet. You were the one who here's here's something here's some, here's here's something I always say that I produce over thirty different projects. Every single time we're all sitting at the table, and we're you know in pre, and I'll say at some point to you, say you're directing, or you in particular, and I'll be like, look, this is your project. We all love it. Nobody's gonna love it more than you, mm-hmm. right? Correct. And I've gotten in trouble for that several times, but it's come back years later with the, they thought I was saying, I don't care. Mm. I was saying, you're the one who's going to wake up in the morning dreaming about this. Right. I'm only going to be dealing with it during production. Mm. Right? Got it. And during post and et cetera. Once we're done, we're off, we're in film festivals, whatever the fuck, you're the one who's still going, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God, I spent $20,000 on this thing. Whatever, right? And... The lesson for you is to, re- same thing, until Hollywood comes to you, you have to go make Hollywood come to you. Love so it. it should be your focus Love it. to me. Now, I'm the indie guy, right? Somebody who's focused on being, now, if your goal is to become a staff writer and to work your way up that way, that's a different path. Mm. It's a it's a different it's a different track is what we say. Right, right, right. right. You you're a producer. Are you on a producer's track, which is making projects, getting them out there, getting eyes to them, getting distribution? That is going to be your job. So if you don't know how to distro now, you got to learn how to distro. Right. You know what I mean? So that should be your next thing you should start looking into. Right. Once I have seven episodes, how do I get it on such and such? How did I get it on? Whatever the fuck. (laughs) You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. And. That is the continu- continued growth. Mm-hmm. And the thing you don't know is, and this is something for you, Jerry, the more you shoot, even if it's just BTS, mm-hmm. the better you are uncomfortable with that camera. Right. Right? So when you decide, and you need to be putting it out there to people, if it's your goal, by the way, mm-hmm. um, man, you know, you hear somebody tell a dope story, be like, dude, I got the, I got the, I got the camera. Right. You know what I'm saying? Let's just go shoot a, a proof of concept of that thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? You probably need to be practicing directing more. Right. You know what I mean? So you could be using those things as I got the material. I probably could put together a little small team mm-hmm. and we can go out and shoot for, you know, a day or two. My 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 cousin has a such and such a house. We could shoot there. Whatever the fuck. You okay. know what I mean? Okay. But but t- you have to be pushing your own agenda right. for your life and your career. Mm-hmm. Otherwise, the reason why I started my company was the last strike I was picketing with everybody else and waiting for Hollywood. I just came out of one of the programs and boom, the strike happened. I'm like, fuck, what am I going to do? And I thought, everybody thought it was going to be short and then fucking went 100 days and I was like, oh my God, oh my God, oh my God. And I remember I wrote this pilot and there was this little sequence where there was this doctor, this this, therapist and his client stuck in in a train and big producer had read it while we're, you know, one of the nights and came back and he's like, dude, I wrote it. It was fucking amazing. Have you ever thought about making that like a short or about, I'm like, no, which is something I always do. I'm not doing that. <laughs> and it's, right. it's a pilot. It's about a, two months later, we're still fucking walking. I'm like, fuck. Hmm. 
And I was like, I need to be my own boss. Right. I'm not waiting for Hollywood no more. Right. I'm tired of this. Right. So I put all that track of trying to be on staff right. to the side and said, I'm going to be my own boss, produce shit. Mm-hmm. Now I did it to do my projects. Right. I did one. No, two. And, and then everybody started going, dude, you're dope. Produce my shit. Produce my shit. Produce my shit. And it started with small little shorts and then proof of concept and then documentaries and movies. And, and then it just started pilots and uh, right. probably even seven of them. Right. You know what I mean? It just keeps growing, right. mm-hmm. you know? And there's nothing that I feel like I can't do. The only thing, and here's something that you guys have probably heard me say is, and you know this working with Gino, right. the only difference between a network thing and independent, organized independent, though, let's, let's not just talking about a little $10,000 project, right? I'm talking right. about half a million dollar projects I've done. The only thing different is money. Mm -hmm. They have a bigger budget. They have more people. Mm -hmm. And the turnaround is different. Mm -hmm. What I mean is, here's an example. On a TV show, a network TV show, you shoot for seven, eight days, let's say. The editor has a couple days to do his pass. The director has a couple days. Then the producer has a couple days. And then boom, that fucker is locked. Right. Right. So you got three weeks, let's just say. Right. Two, three weeks. Right. Independent, when you know this, independent, you're like, yo, um, Jerry, uh, I know you're a dope editor. You know, can you help me out with this thing? Yeah, man, I'm working on this other thing, so I'll try to get to it in the next two months. Right. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Right. And then two months go by, and you're like, damn, dude, I ended up doing this other thing, so I'm kind of, give me like two more weeks. And that shit happens five months later, mm-hmm. right. you finally get an edit, and now you're going back and forth trying to get it tight, whatever. That's another month. Yeah. Right. Right? So the turnaround is different. Right. Mm-hmm. So because you're dealing with more favors in the indie world than you are reversed. Yes, sir. In the network world, everybody has a job. They all have a fee. They're all being paid every week. Right. You know what I mean? So that's the only difference. Right. And so what I try to do as a producer is try to make it feel like we're doing a network project even though it isn't. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Structured. Structured. Logistics are tight. Everybody feels great on the set. I'm putting out fires and don't have to tell Gino why he's directing. Mm -hmm. I did it. I didn't go, Gino, you know what happened? I'm like, no, I'm saving that. Uh Two weeks later, you're Gino, you don't believe what happened. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. You're like, what? Dude, I almost took him by the throat. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right, right. It's like shit like that. And he's like, damn, did I didn't even know. I was like, that's why I'm here. Right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Exactly. Is to put out those fires and stuff. So that's your job is to keep it tight on the set so he could stay focused, right. deal with the actors, deal with the, the, the crew, and do his thing. And you be out there managing the set. Right. You mm-hmm. should be walking around. You should be moving. You should be checking in on departments and seeing how they're doing. Going to Crafty and making sure they're loaded up right. Mm-hmm. All those, li- this is in the indie world, by the way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? In the big world, everybody has their lane. You don't have to do none of that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? In the indie world, you got seven jobs. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So what I do now, coming up, as I, pre- I'm, I know I'm talking a lot, so please, be, please oh, tell me if I'm telling you that, is um, what I do now as a producer whether it's 500000 or or 100000 whatever it is, I still have that position. I don't line produce no more. I don't do, I bring in somebody to do that. <laughs> you know what mm-hmm. I mean? Now I just manage everybody. Right. I'm like, where are you at? What's that? Let me see what you got. Oh, you know, I think we could take off 10000 off of that. Here's what we could do. What if we took this and we did this and we did this? Mm-hmm. I'm doing that. Mm-hmm. Okay. You know what I mean? I'm helping. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you know what? I think I know a location we probably can get for cheaper than that. What if we did this, Right. right? Oh, my husband knows somebody who owns that building. Let me see if I can look into that. You know what I mean? I'm still out here trying to hustle that way. And 
I always tell people, I'm not the producer who goes out and raises money for you. I'm the guy when you go, hey, I got $100,000. Can you help me produce it? Then you bring in somebody like me. Mm-hmm. And then I help you save money by bringing in some dope-ass DP or whatever the fuck who did a favor for me. Right. We get in some celebrity in the movie or the TV show, whatever the fuck it is. Right. You know what I mean? Because of the relationships. Right. right. You know what I mean? Right. And that's how it all kind of works. And people love to work with me because... I make it feel like it's a big production mm. and it's not, mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. For that little bit of money, you know what I mean? And, and um, like I said, like I got a million dollar film I'm supposed to be doing next, next year um, in January, February in um, Martha's Vineyard. Mm. And, um, you know, so we're putting all that together now. So it's like constantly you just keep growing you just keep, you know what I mean? But I think long story short, I think, we need to be learning how to pivot. So my pivot is maybe I need to go back to do what I was doing, but really turn it up. Mm. Mm. If that makes sense. It does. It does. So my second part to <clears throat> this question is, like you just mentioned tracks. If I am a producer, but yet I want to go back to staff writing mm-hmm. or I want to take the industry track, what would be my pivot? Would my pivot be go back to sample scripts and or spec scripts no. and competitions? Or would my pivot be use the relationships I've garnered as a producer and try to find the right place for my voice? Yeah, that one. Perfect. For me. And the only reason why I say that personally, this is just my personal opinion. The only reason why I say... So if you decide you want to focus on staffing Mm -hmm. and you're out doing your indie producing stuff, Mm -hmm. don't stop doing your indie producing stuff until you get staffed. Because one of those things could turn into something, right. especially working with Gino and them, right. you know what I mean, could turn into something that now you have a real job for that is on said, you know, uh, a streamer network, right. you know, and you could be in. Right. The thing you have to prepare yourself for is Hollywood is a very funny place. Hmm. So I have literally worked on shows that like Go 90 Network and um, stuff like that, where I'm literally the co-EP on the show. I actually ran the writer's room. We did 24 episodes on a show. Um, I ran the production and everything. And that means nothing to the networks Hmm. at all because it wasn't network TV. You see what I'm saying? That's the difference. And what did I just say? It's the same thing. Hmm. More people, more money, turnaround faster. Right, mm-hmm. only big, big, big difference. We still got to go to post. We still got to do ADR. We still got to, you yeah. know what I mean. Yeah. We still got to do everything they had to do. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. I still had to run the set just like you guys did. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. I had to deal with an actor's attitude. I had to deal with, you know what I mean. Whatever it is, all that stuff is the same. But they don't see it that way. Mm-hmm. The only thing you can do for yourself. So, here's my dilemma that I'm having. My last show. Big network show that I did. I came in as a staff writer. People don't know that. Hmm. I did on Deadly Class. And you know why I took that? Why? Because I needed a network show. On your resume. Yeah. And my agents were like, what are you doing? I was like, trust me. Hmm. And what I was hoping that I was going to do, which actually worked, but in a positive and a negative, Mm -hmm. was I knew it would open the door for me to be like, yo, Ben, yo, Malcolm, yo, Charles, or whoever. Now I'm in, what do you need to have written? Mm-hmm. What do you need developed? You know, whatever. So I was able to use that to start getting all these development jobs. Right. But the problem with development jobs is you're in development hell. Mm-hmm. 
for years. Right. And I'm in, I've been, I was in one for three years with one of the biggest producers in town. I'll tell you guys offline. Mm. You know what I mean? Three years. You know what I mean? Not a dime came to me. Mm. Wow. You know what I mean? You get stuck in what they call the if come deals. Mm. So they make a deal for you. If you sell it, you're going to get this much. If you, right. you're going to get co EP credit, you're going to get this. And it all looks amazing on paper. Right. And you're like, well, it's with such and such. Of course I'm going to stay. Right. I got a note for you. All right, cool. I'll change it. I got a note for you. Like, wait a minute. Didn't you say you like that note? <laughs> right. I got a note for you. Need a year. Right. Two years. Hey, mm-hmm. I got a note for you. I'm like, wait a minute. This motherfucker fucking around. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. All these other shows they're doing are turning up, but this one is still just sitting. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's just one of six that I did. I did six different projects wow. from 2019 to last May. Wow. Mm-hmm. Six. Just stirring around, trying to find a home. Trying to, you know, all these pictures, all these things written, whatever. Nothing. Wow. You know what I mean? Wow. And so, learned a ton, though. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And that's, to me, I don't have any regret about it because I learned so much. Yes, sir. And I took that and went straight into working with Ben. So, all that experience of all that really helped me to help him do his company. I'd already been pitching and, you know, and all that other stuff. But it's different when you get pitched all day long mm. as opposed to once or twice a week mm. now it's like book 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 you know what i mean mm-hmm. all mm-hmm. day so i'm adjusting people of course they take forever for me because you know me i can't help but to help people yeah. right. so i'm constantly going great 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 can i help you with that though mm. what if you this and this and this and you need to tweak that and blah blah i can't help it <laughs> you know mm. what i mean so anyway Your superpower that's what it is yeah 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 yeah. To my detriment sometimes, though. You know I understand I mean? that. Yeah. I understand. Jerry, you got another question? You good? Um, a question I have next is for those coming out of. Um, I hope I answer your question, though. I, I, I tend to ramble a little no, bit. So. No. You, when you said yes in the beginning, I was like, right. that's why I'm going to leave with that. So the rest of it was just icing. Yeah. Just like, when, you're, when you're coming out of film school, there's that wide gaping moth, all the opportunity that's still there. Right. And you're like, uh, no, I graduated with emphasis on directing, emphasis on producing, et cetera, right. et cetera. How do you help how do you help yourself find your way when you have all this opportunity in front of you? So I'm one of the people who believes and I'll just keep it real with y'all. Y'all know me, y'all my y'all my boys. You don't need to go to film school. Okay. Yeah, I'm just gonna keep it hundred with you. You know right. but because you did you have an advantage. Hmm. So it's kind of like, here's an example. This is a funny example. People don't know this. I actually actually used to do hair back mm-hmm. in the day. So there was like a two or three year period when I was in San Francisco um, growing up in the punk rock world. I was cutting all my friends' hair since I was 12 years old. Fun fact. Never knew that. Crazy haircuts, mohawks, faux hawks, all that shit way back in the day, coloring, everything. I was just that dude. Nice. And my first boyfriend was like, I always had people coming over to the house and cutting her. He was like, why don't you go to school and get your license? I'm like, I'm an actor. I was doing all that shit. Mm -hmm. And he was like, I'll pay for it. So I went to school, got my license, started working in big salons in San Francisco. One was a spinoff of Vidal Sassoon and making $100 haircuts and shit and all that stuff before I moved to LA. And when I came here, I, I said, did I come here to be an actor or did I come here to be a hairstylist? Yes, sir. Mm-hmm. I came here to be an actor. I went to Supercuts. You know how hard it was for me to go from $100 haircuts, $75 haircuts, whatever, to 10 mm. 
and we only get paid ten dollars an hour, whatever the fuck it was. Yeah, it yeah. was hard as fuck. Right, right. I don't even know where I was going, but there was a question again because I had something. <laughs> how, do you, how do you find your got lane? We got, got out it. of film school. So, I said all that to say, you already answered your question earlier. Remember, you went to Austin, right? And you came back with a tribe, right? In school, you should have built a tribe. Okay. Mm-hmm. You should have had somebody who's a dope writer, somebody who's dope behind the camera, somebody who's a pretty good actor, somebody who's good with the lighting, somebody, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. All those people is somebody you should have been like, yo, you should write something. Mm-hmm. I got an idea. Or if it's not you, you know, whatever, right? Right, right. And you, people just have to get behind the, the camera and start making shit. Mm-hmm. The problem that I always say, this is just me, by the way, some people may totally disagree. Um, and you guys have heard me say a version of this. Everybody has a friend who's good with their camera. Right. And especially today, because I, I, I see shit on Instagram, and I'm like, and I see people like filming something, and all of a sudden they zoom in. I'm like, how the fuck they did I have no idea. I'm that dude. Yeah. Right? I'm yeah. still like, oh, I don't even know. <laughs> <laughs> Which is why we don't have video you know, anything. We should, mm-hmm. but we don't. Anyway, so I would be that guy. Like, if I was trying to make projects mm. or I wasn't trying to make a living out of it mm. and just trying to put stuff out there to show Hollywood what I could do, mm. I would be like, yo, Jerry, you got a dope camera, right? Mm. I wrote this little piece. You know, I met all these people working with Gino. Let's put together a little something. Right. Yeah. I'm that dude. I don't wait. I don't wait trying to figure out, well, we got to have $10,000 before right. we... Fuck that. I'm like, I, I get paid on such and such a day. I think I can afford to pay for at least a day of all these different things. We keep it contained mm-hmm. somewhere. Mm-hmm. And the, here's the problem. Most people write something to something they can't get. Mm. Yes. Write too big. Including me. Ooh. So my first project I did, yeah. I needed a subway train. Mm. Okay? Tough. But guess what? I came home. After that exact day, this was like a Thursday. Okay. We're out picketing. I had the epiphany that I need to be my own boss. Okay. I park in my driveway, and my neighbor, who's a huge um, location manager, gets out of her car, waves. She's like, oh, Hilliard, come here. So I walk over, swear to God. She says, what are you doing Saturday? I was like, oh, I'll probably go to the coffee shop, whatever. She says, here's tickets to the, line, to the location manager's expo. I was like, what the fuck is that? Whoa. She's like, go. You will love it. I was like, all right. So I called my friend Michael, who's a producer friend of mine. We go. We're walking around trying to find anything we can about subway Subways. trains. Mm-hmm. Right. Everybody's like $20,000, $10,000. I'm like, fuck, this is not going to happen. Mm-hmm. We're about to leave, and I look way in the corner, and I see the metro that I did not see somehow. Way in the corner, and I was like... And there's a brother standing mm-hmm. behind her all by himself. Nobody's talking to him. And I walk over and I was like, fuck it. <laughs> Remember how I told you what I said to Miles about, you know you need to hire me, right? right, right. I did one of those. I was like, look, I know this train cost $10,000. Let me tell you why you need to give it to me for 1000 hmm. And I just went in. Hmm. I said I need it on the weekend, two days, blah, blah, blah. And I just went down the list. And he was like, all right, for you... I'll make it happen. Now, here's a lesson in it, though. Here's something I've taught everybody since this day. Something told me. I went home, took his card, and I wrote him an email thanking him. And I bullet pointed everything we said. Mm. We said, 
I would take it for two days, $1,000, $500 a day. Mm. I'll be responsible for moving the train because mm. you have to get it from downtown, take it to wherever location you're going. You can't just shoot it downtown in the train. Mm-hmm. You have to move it. Wow. You can't shoot at the location at the metro. Wow. Mm. So I had to find a location. My ex owned a big-ass warehouse, so I was like, can we use it? He was like, sure. Give me a couple thousand dollars. Well, he wanted like seven or eight thousand dollars. No. And <laughs> no. what happened was, and I ended up casting one of the stars of Dynasty on the show and Kareem Grimes, who you guys probably know, mm-hmm. uh, before he ever was anybody. Nice. <laughs> I gave him the role. Didn't even audition him. But I've known him for a while because he rides scooters too. People don't know that. Mm. And, um, um, but we used to always hang and I was like, I have a feeling you could play this role. Mm. And he, I was like, I'm going to give you this role. He was like, what? Like nobody's ever done that for him before. Mm. And I've done it for him twice, as a matter nice. of fact. I cast him in two things. Nice. So, um, um, so watch this. So we're getting ready to shoot. We did all our prep and everything. We're like two weeks away. And my ex is like, yo, we're not going to be able to shoot. Hmm. I just learned that our permit for the warehouse part, because he, he, he worked in freight, the, something happened with the, the permit. So it's going to be moved for a month. Mm-hmm. So I went through this whole, oh, my God, what am I going to do? So you know this from producing a lot of shit with Gino. Mm-hmm. We had this dope art um, uh, production designer who was, we're going to take the train, push it up against one of the walls in the, in the, um, in the warehouse mm-hmm. and build all these black things around it so that it looked like we're inside of this dark tunnel. Got it. Right. She was building these like pipes and stuff around with bricks so it looks like you're inside of a tunnel, water nice. dripping on nice. it. It was gonna be dope. Nice. We lost the bitch uh-huh. because we got moved. Right. That's what happens, as you know, you probably yes. have lost people. You, you have right? to move, you gotta pivot. So I was like, fuck, what are we gonna do? So boom, come back a month later, and he's like, all right, you guys can shoot. I'm like, fuck, I don't have that designer anymore. What am I gonna do? Mm-hmm. And I was like, well, I guess we just got to push up against the wall and just make it black, just like it's a, we're in a tunnel anyway, right? Just going to be what it is. Right. And I'll never forget, we set it all up, and I looked through the lens, and I went, I didn't even need that in You probably would barely even see that. Oh. Right? And what happened was two things. My ex said, you know, because of that, it's on me. Mm. No mm. charge. Because of that. I'm going to send my guy to go get the truck. That was another four or $600. He did that. Yes, yes. Because of that, we have this giant warehouse. We have this huge kitchen area with all these like cubicles and like three or four different office rooms that are empty. That's yours. So if you came on my set, it looked like a million dollar project. Perfect. Mm. All my actors had their dressing rooms Mm -hmm. and they were all set up. Their scripts were in there like, I don't be playing. Wow. Right? Nice. Catering was all over the place. I mean, boom. So the lesson that I learned in that, and I'm telling you the story so you guys both understand. If you ever come to my set, I'm like this. And everybody's like, you are the most calmest person on the set. I was like, because I know it's going to be what it's supposed to be. Right. I'm yeah. not sitting there going, oh, fuck, what are we going to do? The manager's tripping, this going on. I'm like, what, what we're going to do is going to be, it's, it's going to work out fine. Right. You know, are we going to get everything we want? Probably not. Right. But we're gonna get something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I've learned to just be really chill. I don't be yelling at nobody. Nah. I don't be doing anything. We were shooting, I know I'm jumping a little bit. We were shooting um uh uh the ticker series, me and Chris. Okay. And um we had an issue with the uh the the why am I forgetting the follow the follow spot, the not the focus puller. The focus puller, sorry. Um and 
we had a digital one. Mm-hmm. And, uh, no, we had a manual one. Okay. And the person said they could use it. Well, they couldn't. Lied. So <laughs> they're used to the more digital version of it all. Right. And so we like an hour went by, and I'm like, what the fuck is going on? And I saw Chris pacing. I was like, uh-oh, this isn't good. Right, right. This isn't good. Because he, he can't keep it off his sleeve. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. He's just is like yeah. doing all Losing this stuff. Yeah, and I'm on, like, no, right. no, 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 no. Never let them see you sweat. Mm. So I go, Chris, let's go outside. So mm. I tell the, the, uh, the AD, hey, we'll mm-hmm. be right back. Mm-hmm. So we take a walk around the block. And I'm mm-hmm. like, what's going on? Mm-hmm. And he's like, oh. I was like, okay, you can yell at me. Yeah, get it out. Get, yeah. get it all out, right? Fucking blah, blah, blah. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to go back in there because we had two cameras. Okay. Because right? we're trying to shoot it fast. Right. I said, we're going to, remember how we were planning to do this with two cameras? He said, yeah. I said, remember all that shit you had playing, all those great shots? He said, yeah. I says, we're back in film school. You got one camera. Mm-hmm. And he was like, what? I said, yeah. What would you do? Mm. Well, I would have to do that. I said, yeah, let's go. We need to get first shot on. Right. We need to get everybody to trust you again because your energy sucks. Right. Mm. This is what I told him. And he was like, well, I'm just, I said, calm down. Yeah, yeah. It's going to be what it's supposed to be. Yes, sir. You know what I mean? And then we came back while they were setting up. I took the writer out. Let's go for a walk. Because he was like, like, what happened? What's going on? Took him for a walk. Came back. He was cool. You know what I mean? Took the other producer. Let's go for a walk. You know what I mean? Trying to get everybody cool. We came back. They were shooting. I was like, see? We're moving. Right. Is it what we wanted? No. But it's going to be what it's supposed to be. Right. Perfect. Right? Perfect. Lesson for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. You know what I mean? You need to be calm as fuck on the set. Right. That's definitely a gem. Yeah. Something's yeah. going to go wrong. And if it doesn't go wrong, then you're not it's making gonna a movie. Yeah. It's going to go wrong. <laughs> you're not it's going to go wrong. Movie. Yeah. <clears throat> Fire. Um, I'm trying to think, do I have any other last questions? Honestly, you killed the question about pivoting. Because I think that's where I'm at in my career. Mm-hmm. It was like... We all are. Right? Just how yeah. do you continue to stay on the right foot and make sure that you don't lose any traction? Um <laughs> I think, let me just ask you this then. What's up? So, like you have these projects you want to shoot. You have to be thinking about what's holding me back from doing them now, right? And what can you do now? Hmm. What part of it can you do now? I'll give you a solution. So, me and two friends, Mm -hmm. uh, Brianna Seamster and Tiffany Beecham. I know you're out there listening, Mm -hmm. right? Great, great women female writers mm-hmm. uh we were like yo let's go make something ourselves good we'll put together a budget all three of us we'll pl- plot out friday saturday sunday and we'll basically create an environment where multiple shoots are going on in the same studio mm-hmm. so right now we're looking at studio spaces because rent is super cheap because right. everybody's shooting mm-hmm. right where we all want to direct and write and produce our own thing this year because we all have experience on different shows or what, what have right. you so that's something it collaboration right and once again from the wga strike being like yo like if this is the time where everything is cheap how do we take advantage of it sound guys are out of jobs dps are looking for work so how do we find a location where we can centralize everything over the course of a weekend and you can get your first directorial debut me too me too me too 
So going back like to it. the earlier question, which is, do you stay independent or you do you wait for Hollywood? Independent always rules. Always rules. So I'm, I'm starting now that I'm talking through this. 20 years ago? No. In this climate? Yes. Perfect. Yeah. You know, we have these phones that look really, really good. Facts. You know, you have small mics that cost 60 bucks. Yep. Like everything is under $500 that can get you a bigger deal with bigger resources and yep. a higher turnaround. Mm-hmm. So I just feel like right now I'm just using the resources that are in front of me, the people that are in front of me, <laughs> and how can we all better ourselves in this moment. So I think I'm doing a, a damn good job. I got people behind me. Not only the artistic standard, I'm also uh, stepping into script consultation. Um, mm-hmm. I'm working with um, a name. I can't remember her name right now. Excuse me. She's probably going to But it's the Creative Writers Group of Los Angeles, mm-hmm. and they have a program called We See You Program. Mm-hmm. And they're actually giving a scholarship to 11th and 12th graders, That's and nice. I'm jumping in as a mentor good. for this program. So when all else fails, I know I'm good at teaching right. the things that I've learned so far. Right. And go. that shit has been fucking eye-opening as another way for me to continue to chase that feeling of, you know, like the joy that I find in filmmaking. So her name is Valerie... Yeah, I'm, I'm okay. skipping her last name right now, but Valerie's a great resource. They are doing things in Los Angeles right now with the WeCU program. They've already selected two to three winners, <clears throat> and they're going to take their 800 to 1,000 word essay, and I'm going to help them turn it into somewhat of a script oh, and cool. teach them screenplay as a professional. So I when film it. ain't going right and we're still on strike, there's at least a next generation of voices that I can literally help. Mm-hmm. And, 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 you know, foster their small ideas of what it means to write a creative essay. It kind of takes me back to that eighth grade moment that I had with my teacher telling me that you're going to read about me somewhere. Right. And it's just like the circle of life just keeps on giving. So me and Gino and, and Artistic Standard, we're still in production and we have some things streaming on All Black. So you can go check out the short films. Mm. Um, I have Legacy, Save a Life, Dark Matter, Echoes, Gumbo. Um, there's like three other projects that I can name that during the pandemic we shot, executed, got a great licensing deal with Brett and the people over there at All Black. Mm-hmm. And from there, thank you. Thank you. It's a huge, huge milestone. So from there, I'm taking my talents and figuring out what's next. And mentorship ends up being the next thing, giving back, right? I'm, I'm glad you said that because um, it's kind of how I got to this podcast mm-hmm. is – we would be, me, Tracy Grant, Lisa Bolakaja, we all would be like at the Organization Black Screen. Right? Did you ever go to Organization no, Black Screen? I did not go. Okay. I will um, definitely now. And oh um, we would be out there like this is the odds. And we would be there and we'd, after we'd be all sitting in the parking lot and I'd be talking about something. Here's something that happened with Sundance. Here's something that happened, whatever. Here's how I sold my script. They'd be like, dude, you need to be up there teaching. Mm. I'm like, me? No way. Now, here's something you guys don't know. Lisa, as well as DMA, who you guys probably know, mm. is one of the best teachers I've ever seen in my life. Mm. Mm. One of the be- I mean, just amazing. And I was intimidated by her in that way. And so something happened, and I got up, and we kind of did something together. We did something on, like, I don't know, it might have been, like, formatting or some- something simple. And I got up and I started talking about why I do whatever I do. Right. And I started talking about like how I made such and such and why I did this or whatever. And people started going, dude, you're fucking amazing. You should, why don't you come produce my thing? Why don't you? And that's when it started changing. Gotcha. And I realized that my bump was I was afraid. I didn't graduate from high school. 
I never went to college. And so I was like, and she did, of course, and degrees and all these things. So I was like, how am I ever going to, how's people going to listen to me? Imposter syndrome? Oh my God, totally, completely. And, but I realized if I'm going to do it, I'm going to tell you my stories. Right. And kind of the version of what you're saying. Yes, sir. Is I'm using my own experiences. Yes, sir. And telling you what I know. Yep. And, and it'll help, if it just helps one then that's fine. You know what I mean? I don't need to be as famous as, you know, our friends Lena or Issa or any of those people in mm. order to do that. Mm. I thought I had to be right before I could do that. I'm like, I'm already in the guild. I'm already doing, so what am I waiting for? I've already right. sold the script. I already, but it wasn't a big movie. Mm. <laughs> you know what I mean? So that was my thought. Mm. But I realized just getting to that point, you know, all the experiences that I have is game. Yep. And so that's when I took that away. And, you know, of course the podcast eventually came and, stuff like that and yeah. I realize as I hear back from feedback from the fans of the show I was like oh I must be really doing something but I was at first going oh well I'll never quite be Craig <laughs> you know and 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 John yep. you know it's like no they're fucking Emmy and Oscar winning people how are you ever going to compete with that you, you know go. what I mean you don't you just do you you do you mm, you know sucks. what I mean it took me about a year I was intimidated to fuck trying to do it at first and then I was like oh I got my audience. I'm talking to the people of color, people mainly. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yes, and right. there's plenty of white people who listen to the show. Right. But, you know, I realized that that's my angle mm -hmm. is us. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Because there's not a lot of us doing this. Mm -hmm. And a lot of people have started, you know, doing even Lena had a show that she had did. I think they did like one or two episodes and it was over. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? So this is hard to do mm -hmm. to, to be to sustain it for right. a long time yes you know? 400 years 400 years 400 episodes <laughs> 400 years of podcasting no 400 episodes of podcasting is amazing seriously and to to be able to keep it up consistently to be able to also provide a platform for young emerging budding writers and reach out to those that have already made it right. you're in a sweet spot to make this a thousand episodes I totally it's funny. It. Every year I think, ah, I'm probably going to stop it. But then somebody will come up to me like, hell, oh my God, without your show. And I'll be like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> Every year I'm like, I'm probably going to stop it. Like, what am I even doing it for? Like, I do that all the time. Man. Yeah. Yeah. We all do that to ourselves, man. I mean, that's why I said I had to get into mentorship because at some point I was like, man, I'm not selling scripts. I haven't won a contest. Like, my, my producing thing was like, okay, I'm scratching that, but I want to write. I want to write, write, write. Mm -hmm. And. It's like, well, you can write in another way, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. And that's another thing that I'm trying to tell these kids. Like, you don't have to be a screenwriter. You can be a copywriter. You can, there's writing, creative writing is, yep. the sky's the limit, right? right. But exactly. we just see the Lena's, the Issa's, the big success stories yep. and think that I want to emulate that. Right. And we live in this kind of monkey see, monkey do mm -hmm. generation mm -hmm. that I really want to combat and say, no, just be the best you. And you'll make it wherever the hell you want to in the jungle. Mm -hmm. Like, fuck monkey see monkey do. Maybe you're supposed to be a rhinoceros or <laughs> a giraffe. Like, don't just try to be another monkey. You right. know what I mean? Right. And that's that's something that I'm, I'm learning and expanding even in my tribe. Like, artistic standard is home. But who else can I go help? Mm -hmm. Right? Like, who else can I uh how, how did you start working with Gino? And then, by the Funny way? story. So... Me and Gino. Okay, that's enough. Um, God dang it. <laughs> <laughs> he gets me every time. Um, so, funny story about me and G is that um, I met, we have a mutual friend. Mm -hmm. we, we met somewhere at a, a networking event. She was like, hey, I want to introduce you to somebody. We had coffee at Coffee Bean somewhere. Mm -hmm. And then I told G, I was like, yo, if we could just talk every week for however long, mm -hmm. we can create movement. He's right. like, all right, bet. 
So then every Tuesday, this was when actually he had a, a situation over at NBC as an executive assistant to Virgil Williams. Shout oh, out yeah, to yeah, Virgil yeah. Williams. Shout out Virgil. Um, and I would meet with him every day on the lot or every Tuesday on the lot for lunch. Mm-hmm. And then we just started to curate these short stories. <clears> and, <throat> you know, I just started out as an assistant. Like, yo, I'm a writer. Well, like, around for a minute. Yeah, okay. yeah, yeah. Uh, known him for like five years, and then his business partner Miles, mm-hmm. or his his partner in crime Miles, like me and Miles go back to Stone Mountain, like Atlanta. Like yeah, I was yeah. second grade elementary school. I was like Miles, wow. <laughs> is that Miles Greer? And he That's looked at amazing. me like, wait, you didn't have a beard and glasses? <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I know, but you know, Stone Mountain. And then exactly. we just started talking about mutual friends, and then voila, here we are. So it reminded me, like, whoa, like my life is really tied to others, but then in a bigger cosmic sense. I'm really made it. Mm-hmm. I made it out of fucking Atlanta, mm-hmm. a place where, yes, great black things happen in Atlanta, mm-hmm. but there's also a glass ceiling. And if you really want to be in Hollywood, you have to come do this mecca of a trip to L.A. Yep. Right. And when I came out here, I found Miles, I found Gail Bean, and mm-hmm. some other people that I know that was in the business from my same area of town. Mm-hmm. So I was like, well, damn, this is like my generation is doing this thing. Right. Mm-hmm. So him being a partner of, of Gino at that time and just being like, whoa, like it just all became synchronicity. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I just started out once again, just as an assistant, like showing up, how can I help type of attitude. Mm-hmm. And then that elevated me to be a development exec and, mm-hmm. you know, current producer and so on and so forth. So, you know, it's a five to six year relationship of being friends and not getting paid for things yep. and showing up for gas money or however I can help. Mm-hmm. And I've always looked at it like once again, like I've made the trip across the world. I've been here eight years to some, that's a win in itself. To me, I'm not done yet. Right. But I'm always finding like this game plan on my schedule of to do. Like but every see, year I write down goals. But see, this is this is the interesting <laughs> thing is there is no way in. Everybody thinks like even though I talked about the Facts. tracks. Yeah. Those are general tracks. You still could get in a whole different way. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like my agent didn't get me my first big job. I got my job. Right. You know what I mean? <clears throat> That's the thing that people keep misunderstanding. Beautiful. It's these relationships that you have. Yep. You know what I mean? That, that for example, um, uh, Rich, who was on the podcast the other day, mm. the, the live thing, mm. you know, hit me up going, yo, I want to get together with Carl. Can you connect me with him? Mm. You know what I mean? So it's like, y'all should be doing that. Mm-hmm. Y'all met him. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Right. Stuff like that. It's just, it's just about a relationship with them. It's not, what can you do for me? It's like, right. yo, dude, love your fucking story. Right. Yeah, I want to hear some more. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, let me tell you my story. We might have something in common. Right. You know, I noticed that you know some such and such and such a person. You know what I mean? That person's dope too. Right. You know what I mean? It's just about getting into that thing of like building that tribe, so to speak. Right. Mm-hmm. You know, and so that's one of the things that I'm doing now. Mm. I'm reaching back. You know, like I keep running in Sarah Finney Johnson. She's like, "Here, when we gonna get together?" And I'm like, "I'm gonna call you." And I ain't called the caller yet. And I'm like, okay, <laughs> but but she's on my mind, right, right, right. And I know I need to. Right, <laughs> her and about twenty other people. Right. So I like I ran into Glenn Mazzara. Like I was like, okay, I need to call Glenn. You know what I mean? So mm-hmm. it's like little stuff like that. Yeah. I just need to get back into yeah. that groove again. Right. Now that I came back from my trip last week, so I'm like, okay, I'm back. Nice. I'm calling everybody. Yes, sir. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> I'm gonna try to sit down for lunch. 
with everybody. Right. It's just about building it back because you sometimes you got to get back into people's brain. Yeah. You know yes. what I mean? Janine Sharman Barber, I got to call her. I got to get back. You know what I mean? I, could do, I did something with Lena the other day and then she was like, oh, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, I got to meet that. I got to sit down with Lena. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like little shit like that. Like mm-hmm. I just let time go by. Right. You know what I mean? So it's just like little things like that. And, and that's what I realized that Hollywood is relationships. Yes. Yeah. That's what it all boils back to. Yeah. It just circles back to like we just all need to go to lunch. Uh-huh. Can we just yeah. go to lunch like just yeah. three, four times a week? Yeah, right. it's on you. Yeah, you know? yeah, yeah it's all good. <laughs> no, seriously, <laughs> you don't want to roll in. Uh-huh. I mean, because it feels like that's what this town the is Hawaii trips. <laughs> Hawaii is once in a blue moon with my baby. But, <laughs> but no, seriously, I was like, I came to LA and I was like, yo, people don't really do shit here. We just go to, we go out to eat and yeah. we make deals. Yeah. But this is like, <laughs> I remember I was listening to. Um, Jimmy Jam and Terry Lewis. Mm-hmm. They were talking about yes. the first album with Janet. Yes, yes. And I they're, taking, they're taking it to a club. And Janet's like, I thought we were working on an album. Like, no, we are working on an album right now. Exactly. Part of it is going to be that. You need to listen to what's going on. What yeah. are people dancing yeah. to? What's grooving? And the connection they have yep. with each other while they're listening yep. to it. Look, mm-hmm. I like this beat. I don't like this beat. Oh, I like mm-hmm. that one That right. one string they had here. Mm-hmm. I want to put that into it. And then that, that, but that time that they spent together there at that club translates to what's going to be inside that booth because yes. they got to sit down for hours right. so you have to lay down that groundwork yes. to say we have a relationship and connection yep, right. yep. yep. Same, same thing with, with screenwriting like how how well not even screenwriting I would just say production, production. in general yeah, yeah. yeah. Like how do we spend time on set together yeah, yeah. If, you're, if you're in a writer's room you got to be able to work out that who's the head writer how's the number two worker everybody else that below them yep. how do you help if I put my script how do I get used to you giving me notes? Because mm-hmm. we're all going to put notes in the room. It's like, no, I'm like, the third, your third act, you blew it. You got to get out of there. <laughs> how, can, how do you have a relationship to be able to take that and not, uh, right. like, let's push. Yeah. How do you fix the third act, right? Yes, sir. And if you're, if you're doing features, you know, how do you work with that director? How do you work with that producer? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And how do you all get the notes from the, from the studio and still, and still make it better, yeah. right? I was going to say something. Um, you were talking about you and um, uh, the other two women producing and doing yes, stuff. Tiffany and Brianna. So here's the interesting thing. So a lot of people are asking the question, you guys have probably been asked the question too, can we shoot right now? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yes. Should we shoot right now? Maybe. Hmm. So here's here's the line. Mm-hmm. And I think John August explained this the best. Hmm. And I'm paraphrasing, so I'm not saying exactly what he said, so somebody going to correct the brother. <laughs> but I'm just telling you. Right, right. In essence... If you are planning planning to shoot something to sell it to a streamer now, mm-hmm. don't. Right, I get. If you're it. planning to shoot something to get it ready, right. so when this is done, that's a different thing. Right. Okay. If that makes sense. Absolutely. Okay. Right. Absolutely. So the other thing is this: we are not to be clear about who we're fighting. You know a lot about this. To be clear, who we're fighting, we're not fighting producers. Correct. They call themselves the AMPTP mm-hmm. producers because they are the studio and the network who took the producer credit. Correct. Which is why I think this is still exists. But when you see executive producers in food in film, and you see producers, producers are the ones who are doing what you and I do. Mm-hmm. From script to screen, we're on the set, we're doing all that. Exec, exec producers are the new studio networks who took on that AMPTP thing Got and it. put their their EP credit on it because they paid for the shit, yep. mm-hmm. right? And so when people think of producers, they think that's what you and I are doing, but it's not 
Mm-hmm. We're not talking about us. Correct. We're talking about them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know right. what I mean? Mm-hmm. So the same thing with you guys going out, shooting your independent films. And we're not talking about y'all. Y'all can go out there and shoot there all you want. We're not going to be out there picking you. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Or any of that film is shut down no. now. <laughs> <laughs> no. But if That's you were trying funny. to sell it to, you know. Amazon, Netflix. Or one of those. You know. Then we suggest you just hold. Yep. On doing it because if you do, you're 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 playing into them. Yep. Right. They're still thinking, oh, we could still get these student films. We could still get whatever it is. So that's what we're just telling you, mm-hmm. not to shoot, but I mean, sorry, you could shoot, but don't. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. That's all we're saying. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah, it's definitely a um, proof of concept. Like whatever we shoot, um, for me, I'm like, ooh, so I get to shoot like you just said that scene from the thing that I really want to yes. do. That's literally what we're doing. Mm. You know what I mean? Like just, just so we can take advantage of the time, because when when everything kicks back up, like you you just hit it on the head. Like mm-hmm. agents have to go get their clients new jobs. Yep. Right. So what's going to make gonna you stand out? Rush. Exactly. You know what I mean? Um. So um, yeah. Piggybacking off of what you were just talking about, though, thinking about that is, um, um, you have to also look at the fact that, um, God, it was something you just said. I said, you know, what was it? What was it? What were you just talking about it again? I had it a second ago. God uh, damn it. This is all your fault. Uh, wait a second. See what I'm talking about, Jerry? See how mm. we do the so it's, it's so much information. Um, I was just... What did you just say? What did I just just say? About, <laughs> like... Um, <laughs> can we, can we take advantage of the time to shoot right while I know one else is mm-hmm. shooting. Three people Working making three a project. People in a single project. Um, Mentoring. Mentoring, yes. No, there's something in between. There that. was something in between. I know, I know what he's saying. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was something. Anyway, it's all right. It Anyway, well, thank y'all. I appreciate y'all coming through, man. This Wait, was good. it shooting for studios or shooting for yourself? It was. It had something probably to do with, um, yeah, about about that it's okay to do it right so, now. Right, it right. was something in that. I don't know why. Basically, basically you want to shoot for the ability to have it for your reel. Or you can shoot for the the small scene that will get you a bigger conversation if they like that small scene that you shot. I think the way that I would look at it if I were just trying to make projects right now is this is it's kinda like I tell writers who are who are newer writers, for example, is emerging writers, is you just need to be practicing. Right. Mm. Practicing so, the craft is practicing, so it's the same theory to me. Like you just need to be behind the camera, right? You know what I mean. You just need to be, especially as a director, if you want to eventually be directing, you know, episodic TV. Right, right. The more you do, the more you watch and take notes and learn how to do whatever it is you do, the better you're going to be at it. Makes sense. And so you just need to be behind. Oh, I know what it is. See, see, ah. look at that. The proof of concept. So here's something, and you probably know this. Here's something I teach everybody. If you're going to do a proof of concept of your movie, TV, whatever, pilot, whatever it is. Okay. The best one is one that looks like its own short film, but is the precursor to the movie mm. or the TV show. Okay. So it has, it has legs. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's not just a trailer. Yep. Mm-hmm. It's like an actual, looks like a little short film. Yep. Then introduce you to the main character and maybe their big dilemma. So like Whiplash. Yeah, exactly. All right. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Where you get into the world, you see what the dilemma is, you're like, oh shit, what's he going to do? Mm-hmm. Cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean? Okay. It's something like that. But it could be, you could also submit it to short films. films. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Stuff like yeah. that. It still should stand alone. Yes. Right? If you think about it that way, yes. that's how you need to write it. Yes. So whatever you do, make sure it, it has a beginning, middle, and end, but the end still leaves you with a, but, but 
You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Something in there somewhere. Love exactly. it. Exactly. Yeah. That's and that's the conversation that we had and it was like, You wanna direct, you wanna direct? Mm-hmm. I want to direct, but for me as the writer, like, oh, I want to direct something that I could eventually sell. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Good. Absolutely. Good. Absolutely. Now, let me tell you this, though. <clears throat> and this isn't saying you won't sell. Just be aware. Now, this is mainly with scripts, though. Let me be clear. Okay. This is something I say all the time. So people come to me all the time, whether it's me or when I was at Ben's company in general. Let's just say that. Mm-hmm. So people come in. They have a pitch. They have... Uh, script whatever <clears throat> and they're like here's a script you guys would be perfect because you guys are also doing another detective show here's another detective show and I'm like the thing that they don't realize is this this is with any company that has an overall any pod any executive any company that has any real um uh, uh it's a real company that has actual films and TV shows. They all have their own slate. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You have to be thinking about what in the world is it that my project is going to do that you think is super dope that's going to make Chris go, yo, Gino, we got to shoot this. Right. Mm-hmm. When you already have seven other things sitting there. Right. What's, I'm generalizing. Yeah. What's going to make you stop to do yours? Mm. What you don't realize is your project is the sample for. So even if you go and shoot this, this project isn't something you're like, I want to sell this project. This is, I want to direct. If you think about it from that point of view, Mm -hmm. not that you won't sell it, Mm -hmm. but you're looking at it more so, look, here's my piece to show you I can direct. Mm -hmm. You see what I'm saying? It's your proof of, it's your your real, it's your, you know what I mean? But you got to make sure you have some dialogue in there. Right. You got to make sure you have um, you put your put your executive hat on. Right. What would I want to see from somebody who wants to direct something from besides Gino over here? Right, you right. know what I mean? And I don't know if he directs everything. I don't know. Right. You know what I mean? And right. so you got to be put your what what would Gino want to see in the next director? Right. right. You know. What are the elements I need? I need a scene with people sitting at the table. You see that I could move the camera this way. I need a scene that shows some movement. So there's a scene of somebody running down the hall. Whatever it is, be thinking about the elements you need in your film to show that you can do more than just two people sitting there talking. Right. You know what I mean? Two shot, two shot. That's nothing. Mm -hmm. Anybody Mm -hmm. could do that. But it's how you use the camera and how you... Uh, 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 show us that you can play hmm. you know what I mean that gives us a sense that oh this person's a filmmaker other people would have had two people sitting there he did a walking one where it's a whole one one-er, you yeah. know where the whole scene takes place This, whatever you decide to do you just got to be more creative maybe you got two more people shooting their movies mm-hmm. how are you going to stand up right perfect Right. So be thinking great. about it that one. Great. You know Absolutely. what I mean right. Absolutely. what about you Jerry um, I have a piece I'm writing now that um in film school and it might be going up to go with a uh, production team I have no idea who it's going to be when I'm writing for production (coughs) what do I need to keep in mind to make sure that it's director friendly so that that way they get it and they're ready to shoot and it's not a what was this writer thinking about it sounds great on paper but I cannot do this in real life so this is something I tell writers all the time it's okay to be visual on the screen on, on, on the page and what I mean is, you don't want to be flat. Okay. So you don't want to just be like, and you'll see plenty of scripts that are successful that just have John walks in a room and starts talking, right? 
I like I like to color it. I call it me and my producing partner call my writing um, um, pen choreography mm. because we're both former dancers. So you read my scripts and it just flows. It just moves like I try to do things. So for example, at the this is more technical stuff. Okay. I get to the end of the page one. What happens? You want You don't want to just dialogue. You want it to end on well. Fuck you. Boom. You got to turn. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean. Okay. Okay. You got to be thinking about ways to keep the reader going. People don't think like that's how you know you have an advanced writer than a writer. Mm-hmm. They're thinking about the first thing you see when you mm-hmm. open up your screen. So I'm always suggesting that people be more visual. And what I just mean is the way you describe things, the way you use your prose, the way you use your adjectives and your verbs. You make them pop. Like I never say Jack is sitting. Is he's sits <laughs> you know what i mean it's like little things like that that take out that ing that keep it sounding flat mm-hmm. that advanced writers don't say um he does such and such it's does such and such <laughs> you know it's like little things like that where we know you know what i'm talking about mm-hmm. i don't have to keep feeding you the words the he the she the they the the thing or whatever it's like it boom you know what i mean she climbs into the blah 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 grabs the blah 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 not she grabs you know it's like little technical things that makes you more advanced uh, than other people so to answer your question if you think visually i always say when you're writing you shouldn't just be writing on the screen you should be writing and reading and looking so how do i see it visually so you should be writing with them on the ride okay. you should be it should have rise and fall All so right. if you have a scene that ends on a big cliffhanger the next scene needs to slow down Oh, okay. You know what I mean? Okay. If you have a scene that's slow, the next scene probably needs to be a little up. You know what I mean? It needs to do this. It needs to be rise and fall, rise and fall, rise and fall, rise and fall. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> one of the tricks that I do for TV, for example, is, and this comes from reading thousands of scripts, the way we have TV now, so many of the cable shows don't have act breaks, right? Right. As we know. So what I'll do is, I'm one of those people that I'm always going, where, where, are, where are we in the script, right? Now, that doesn't mean you have to follow on page 30, boom, end of act two, right? right? But I'll do a cheat where I might be, because I, I believe that everything should be a little bit shorter than it was years ago. So, for example, my 60-page script might be 52. Okay. Because in my sequences, maybe instead of 10 pages, eight. All right. Right. And I just do that intentionally so that it gets the numbers down and it forces you to move faster with the pace. Mm-hmm. It makes as like sometimes people give you a script and it's long and you immediately go, oh, it's long because, oh, they're probably talking too much. Okay. <laughs> you know what I mean? Somewhere they didn't start early. They started. They didn't start late. They started early. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Or whatever. It's like little things like that. So I can get a sense of what's going on that way. So I'll try to find ways to come into scenes where tension is in the air. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So I think I, you might have heard me say, I've been having issues as of late. I don't know if you heard me say this recently, where I'm trying to figure out what I'm writing next. Yeah. First mm-hmm. time ever in my life. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and it's because my brain always goes to the past. Mm-hmm. Soon as you tell me a story, I'm like, ooh, if that was 1950, it'd be so much more <laughs> interesting. It's just where I go. Vintage. I don't know what it is. I, you know, everything about me is old. I like old <laughs> shit. Mm-hmm. So... I just always go back to there because for me, I've found 
when I put my characters against the wall, they can't just go, well, I'm calling the cops. Mm. No, they got to knock you out to get past you. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? Right. As opposed to that. So to me, that's just more interesting to me. Right. You know what I mean? Where they have to, I have to, I have to make them active to do something right. as opposed to getting out of it easily. You know, that's just me, you know, how I see it. So be visual. That doesn't, you could do camera angles without doing camera angles. Like, for example, here's an, here's an old trick that people do for years. Like, it may say, um, interior Jack's bedroom day. I'm just spitballing some stupid thing. Uh, you know, um, on the walls are posters of the who. Okay. Whatever. We meet Jack. 25, Bobo, you describe him. The next thing that I might do to draw attention to something, like I said on the, on the wall I posted to the who, I might say, I might go, posters cover the wall. Um, mem- posters cover the wall with memorabilia of the 60s. And I might go, another thing in caps, the who. The Beatles, the blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? So I might do that. Yeah. I'm not saying camera right angle. On. You see right. what I mean? Right. It's about how you do it so that that's not, that's grabbing the director. That's telling you, focus on this. That's a good trick. You see what I mean? Right. The other thing you might do is you might say, um, on the bookshelf is a diary. You might underline the diary as opposed to, tapping it or bolding it or whatever it's reminding the reader or the director whoever that's important right whatever's important and it's your style yeah and that's the thing that i always tell everybody all this stuff about not using we see or not doing this and not doing that the only reason why people have that rule is because people overdo it Mm. see you have to pick and choose like oh this is going to be an important moment so i'm going to say we're going to come in like this we see a spaceship Mm -hmm. glowing like blah 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 you could use that. Mm-hmm. That's fine. Right. But people are like, oh, don't use WC. No, bitch, don't overuse BC. Don't overuse it. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And you hear Craig Mason say, I use WC all the time. Mm-hmm. Three times in this fucking script, though. Y'all didn't see that part. <laughs> uh-huh. <clears throat> see what I'm saying? Right, uh-huh. right. He thought about it. Right. He didn't overuse it. Yep. Okay. Like, I, there's no more cut twos in scripts. Right. You know what I mean? So, this is the trick that I was getting to. When I get to the, let's say I'm writing a one hour pilot. I want to have six acts and a teaser or a cold open at the end of my cold open let's say two pages three pages in i'll do something where i'll do a transition so let's say boom the car explodes bam we go from that to a fire to all of a sudden weeds blowing mm-hmm. right now we know we're in act one right. okay you see what i'm saying right. i know it because i used to be a reader i'm like oh okay that's the transition so i get to the end of act one Let's just say the car explodes as another example. Okay. And I might say we go from day to night. Yeah. Now, and I'll say dissolve too. Blah, 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 blah. That's when I use it is at the end of my transitions. Mm-hmm. So I'm telling the reader we're at the end of act one, act two, act three, act four, act five. Right. You know what I mean? Right. That's the only time I use it. You know what I mean? To show you a new transition. Right. Right. And, and, and if I don't, um, um, and, yeah, and for me, it's so that the reader knows, oh, this person knows exactly where we are. And I'm also helping even production so they can go, oh, we could, we could end the act here because mm-hmm. we're going to be screaming on such and such a mm-hmm. network or whatever it is. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I'm trying to help them as opposed to them coming up with it because you're not going to like when they do it. Right. You know, because <laughs> the oddest places. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. So if that's a cheat, does that make sense? That, that makes sense. sense. Okay. That makes sense. 
Perfect. Cool. Sounds about. It sounds like we're just being intentional from the shots to mm-hmm. on the paper. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean. That's one thing I try to tell people when they're creating stories and adding structure. That's one thing I love to do is structure it out, but then let them know that there's freedom in structure. Totally. So right. it's not like it's all. You know, it has to end on fi- page no. fifteen, page nine, no. page thirty-six, whatever. Whatever you're writing, just make sure that it, it flows. Like you just said, the I love that um, analogy of using dancing and on the page. That's a hundred percent right. Like even pen, when you pen watch choreography, pin choreography. Mm-hmm. That's beautiful. When you watch something, it has that same level of ebbs and flows. Mm-hmm. So if you watch it that way, the writer was probably intentional. In you have to be way. in the point of view of the of, of the whoever's leading the scene. Yeah. You know, a lot of time people are just writing. They're just talking, 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 talking. I'm like, what are they saying though? What's Who's who's trying to win here? Exactly. You know what's what I mean? like, the tension in yeah, that there's, moment? There's, there's got to be, and they could be light moments. I'm not saying there can't be a funny light moment or with anything, but even that, there's still something should twist. Mm-hmm. It should be a, a, a something that happens, a little button at the right. end. You know, something that leads you somewhere where you go, <laughs> that was fun. Right. You know what I mean? Right, right. Something that makes you go, okay, that was cute. So now we learned that about them. Exactly. You know what I mean? Something you think is just dialogue is actually a lesson. Right, mm-hmm. you know what I mean. Yeah. Something you know, you got to figure out ways to make sure that you tell your story in a way so that you continue to grab your reader, so mm-hmm. that they want to keep turning. Mm-hmm. The thing that I always open on it, that I didn't say is curiosity, mm-hmm. and curiosity to me is I've said is my favorite word. <clears throat> Some of my favorite scripts open on curiosity. They open on you know the sound of water dripping, just as an example, mm-hmm. and all of a sudden we're in the bathroom. We're slowly push up to the tub, and the hand comes out. Yep. All of a sudden, <gasps> out of yep. the water, here they come, and you're like, "What the fuck? Who is that?" And you realize, "Oh, there's blood dripping. Mm-hmm. How did she get there?" Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So it's like look, that's what I'm taking you on that ride. I'm trying mm-hmm. to grab you. You don't learn about who that person is for three. You know that whole teaser. Yep. And then boom, we come into the new thing. You're like, oh, she's the doctor. Yep. How did she get to that part? You yes, know what sir. I mean? Or whatever yes, it is. So that's that's what I'm always trying to do. One of my favorite curious moments in television is Breaking Bad. <laughs> How that shit opens up. Yep. Come on, man. Mm-hmm. Like one of the best openings in TV history. Yep. Just pants flying in the window mm-hmm. or flying across the screen. Mm-hmm. And then you see a Winnebago and sounds and he pulls a gun. He's in his underwear. Mm-hmm. You're like, it's just iconic. Right. You know, so, yeah. It's, and it's on it's the on, screen, too. It's on the page. It's I mean, on mm-hmm. the page. Yep. Like, one of his, like Vince Gilligan killed it. Like, yep. let's just give him his flowers. But, Mad Men. I mean, there's a, there's a lot of amazing scripts, you know, to, to follow and see what they did. And I always tell writers... Study them and read them and actually, I, I'm the type of dude you read all my 40 script. I change the way I write in almost every script mm. because mm. I'll read something and be like, I wonder if I could write it like that. Mm. And I'll just try it. So let me ask you that yeah. then. So you'll read something and figure out if you want to write like that. Is that kind of like what I mentioned earlier about writing to the strengths of what's out? No. Like how do you make sure that you don't get caught in the, ooh, I like Issa Rae so much I want to mm. write something like or I like Abbott Elementary, and I want to write, speaking for the new writers that mm-hmm. are out there, Abbott Elementary, I'm pretty sure, is the hottest thing right now. So anybody creating something, they're trying to think of their workplace dramedy. Like, here's, how do you here's, speak to that? Because, for example, I might be writing something in the 1800s as Vince Gilligan. Copy. You see what I'm saying? You don't see it at all. Yeah. All you see is the prose and the way I describe things, and you know what I mean, in that type of way. I'm... And what I usually do is <clears throat> I actually have a pass that I do at the end where I do a character pass, I do a dialogue pass, I do a, even a description action pass. 
And sometime I'll be reading Billy Ray or whoever the fuck script, and I'll be like, oh, I like how they said that. Oh, I'm going to go through and describe everything in that tone like that. So then I'll go back. That's what I mean. If that makes more yes, sense. Yes, I've done that before. So it, to be yeah. more clear, I'm yeah, not like, but I'm just like the the voice of it, right. the tone of it, right. the style of it. Yes, you know, and the style, hundred percent. And, and that's what I mean. So you'll read scripts from me. You'll still see the underdog story, but the style of it feels a little bit different because I was being pulled by something I read. Perfect. You know what I mean? Perfect. And so I'll be like, ooh. And the reason I do that is because who you are now is not who you were last week. Right. You know what I mean? So to speak, because yeah. we keep growing, yeah. especially who you were last year. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I'm constantly trying to work on that brain cell so that I'm constantly a different writer and a better writer. And the comment I always get is you're so advanced in the way you write because right. I've read so many, I can pull from different things. Mm. I can go, oh, what would John August? Yeah, Craig would kind of, mm, yeah, yeah, maybe this scene feels more like him right here. You know mm. what I mean? And I'll just do it in the style of that. Mm. It still feels like me. Right, it's still your voice. It's still, I'm still talking like me, but mm. the descriptions may Perfect. be a little bit more prosy yeah. and colorful yeah. than normal because that inspired me, Got it. you know, for the tone. Mm-hmm. But the tone feels that way. It's still a, that's a dark thing. It still feels dark. Right. You know what I mean? Now I'm looking at Steve, Stephen King and be like, ooh, he would, he would say it like this. And he, God, like he, to me, is one of my favorite writers. I don't even know where he comes up with words. <laughs> But the words are like, I would have never used that word ever. Right. And guess what? You can take that word. Mm-hmm. That's inspira- inspiration. Right, right. You know right. what I mean? You use it once, you go, boom, that's a good moment to use it. That's a line of dialogue right there. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. They're going to say such and such and such, boom, with that line of dialogue, that word. It, 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 that character would do that. You mm-hmm. know, whatever, right? So that's the type of thing that I'm looking for is trying to grab from people who inspire me, turn it into my own thing. And and just take little pieces from it. You know what I mean? Absolutely. That makes sense. No, that makes perfect sense. And I, like I had a friend <clears> ask me that years ago. I was like, yo, when you read scripts, what are you looking for? And the first thing I said was style and tone. Yeah. How they wrote it is like if I want to go for that pacing, then I'm going to write maybe my actions shorter so that my dialogue can be heavier because mm-hmm. my pacing is faster. Or if it's the reverse and maybe I want to slow it down and give you way more visuals of how I paint the screen, then I'm going to paint it like uh, – you know, somebody from the 90s where they were more heavy with right. their, you know, action description. So, right. yeah, it makes did. sense. Love it. Well, thank y'all, man. I appreciate y'all coming yeah. through. I just want to say we got yeah, great right. barbers. Uh, all three of us, <laughs> all three of us are bald. So we went to the I same mean, I barber. Got a, I got a little bit right there. Bam. You know, I'm not lying right there. Bam. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> he'll got the baby hair out. <laughs> I got the finger waves. I got the baby hair. Oh, snap. Killed him. Love it. You know nothing about that. That's a pimp style right there. That's a pimp style. <laughs> So, um, where you at, Jerry Jerome? All right. Well, if Twitter is still working, because God knows what's happening on that Jesus bird site, Christ. you can find me at uh, Built in a Day. It's Built, B U I L T, in a Day. B U Y? B U I L T. I. Yeah. Oh, then it's only said Y. It sounds like Y. Yeah. Country. That's me. Built in a Day on Twitter and ECL1213 on Instagram. You could find me there. And you find a lot of BTS stills from the strike out there. I'm going to come. Yeah, he's doing some bots. great stuff out so there. So you see some nice photos there. That's what's up. Yeah, and uh, Jerry Jerome, where you at? I'm <laughs> sorry, Jerry. I just said you forgive me. Uh, Chris Moore. <laughs> what's uh, apologies. up? Now you good. You good. Chris Moore. M O O R E C H R I S. You can find Chris Moore on Instagram, Chris Moore A or you can follow my script consultation service at Moore Scripts. M O O R E 
scripts.com s-c-r-i-p-t-s i can spell more scripts <laughs> right so that's on instagram P-P, by the way pp pt pts uh but yeah uh more scripts is, is is a new consultation service i started this year nice um so i have my personal page chris more dot atla that's for all my personal stuff but more scripts is where i'm giving back the stuff that i've learned the things that have weighed me down in a good way mm-hmm. um so that i can once again keep this fire ignited so i'm taking all types of script consultations for novelists animators screenplays theatricals it's all story let's talk story that's that's my goal um so more scripts is where you can find me on instagram twitter tiktok even youtube more scripts at more scripts and then eventually more scripts.com the LLC is in the book, but I gotta finish the website. That's what's up. <laughs> big big shout out to my little bro. I call him little big bro, this tall ass. Uh Gino Brooks. Yeah, yeah. Miles Green. Yeah, yeah. yeah, Artistic yeah, standard. Shout out, no, we're shout doing out. great. Doing um, great over there. So as I wind down this little piece and I do, you know, everything about the show, I need you to be preparing them bars for us right quick. Um, he didn't know he was going to give us a couple oh, freestyle right, right, right. acapella right, bars, acapoco as we call it. Um, anyway, I am Hilliard Guest. You guys can find me on Twitter, at Hilliard Guest, um, Instagram, Facebook, LinkedIn, whatever it is, at Hilliard Guest. See how I brand my name? These motherfuckers got all kind of weird-ass things, yeah. talking about whatever. Can't nobody find them anywhere. I'm like, wait a minute, ain't his, ain't his name such and such? Ain't it? I can't even find him. Uh-huh. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> ain't branding a name. Anyway, um, please go on um, iTunes, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts. Whatever you guys listen to, we're all over the world. Spotify, give us a five-star review. We need that for the metrics. We appreciate y'all when you do that. Um, please go on our screenwritersrr.com page. Get your T-shirts on there. We got to get people buying these T-shirts more. Merch. Um, for sure. Get that merch. Get that yep, merch. Yep, yep. Yes, indeed. Um, we appreciate y'all when you do that. Uh, there's been a couple people buying some shirts. It's been cool. Um, anyway. And we're hopefully going to be dropping that live episode soon. They haven't sent it to me yet, so that's mm. why I haven't. Mm done anything because i need to edit some of it because there was a lot of you know it was, it was yeah. super insightful that's what's up Good. yes it was glad you guys came um anyway so on the show <laughs> we keep we keep it real we keep it an opinion i can't even think so we keep it real yep <laughs> we keep it I'm opinionated. Opinionated. opinionated and more importantly <laughs> we keep it 2023 20, what i should like be on the staff i'm just <laughs> So, Chris Moore, what's up? Give us 16. 16 bars? Bet. So, where do I start? I don't know. See, here's the thing about rapping is that you just start somewhere. You don't find anywhere. You just find somewhere. You just land on the page. You land on the stage. You, more importantly, land in front of their face. And what that means is come off the top of the dome like this is a true freestyle. And when I go crazy, I may go buck wild. And if you didn't know, my artist name was Chris Style. And I've been spitting off the top of the dome for a while. And if you <laughs> haven't figured out that my screenwriting is dope, I'm trying to write some shit that can give you some hope. And Speaking from the heart and speaking from the mind, I swear I just ran out of fucking time because my meter is about to go off. I got to get my <laughs> car before I get a parking ticket. Anyway, that's three bars. <laughs> if you ever knew what rapping is about, um, I can rap. I can get in my pocket. It's just, you know what? Rapping is a different muscle than screenwriting. And I have not you don't do it all the time. It. Yeah. I haven't exercised that yeah. muscle in years. That was dope. That was dope. But thank you. Yes, thank that's y'all. a little cadence. And more importantly, I have more content coming out. So, yes, sir. That's that's all that matters, sir. Yes, sir. Peace, y'all. Yep.
I'ma say what I feel And I promise to keep it real Welcome to the Red Room Well, you gotta be a rider Till your fears are diminishing The doubts are behind ya It's hard to grind And the business got me stressed In the rent room We let that shit up off our chest Never have to guess When you're listening to Hilliard He gon' bring more game Than a shark playing billiards It's all about the crap of screenwriting It's exciting when you turn an outline Into something enlightening Your pen and words Are like bullets in a gun Write what you feel Say what you want Welcome to the rent room